Hello, it is Coaches Up Chuck Thursday, January 13th. Chuck Pagano will join us today. Obviously, Peter Schrager joins us today. Oh my God, Jordan Poyer is also on the show. Sham Sharani is on the show. AJ Hawk, all the boys were loaded. Let's get right to it. If you enjoy the show, by the end of it, please be a friend. Tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Thursday, January 13th, 2022. We can't thank you enough for joining us. This show begins after that beat drop right there. We can't thank you enough wherever the hell you may be. The fact that you allow us to be a part of your day-to-day, we are eternally grateful for. All the boys are here. The Toxic Table at Ty Schmidt at Boston Connor. Rounding out the Bugle Boys, one half of the Hammer Don Cowboys at Tone Diggs is here. How you doing, Tone? Good, how you doing? Good. How's Hammer Don doing? Good. Oh, no. Oh, no. Foxy's hot. Oh. Hey, Foxy, we just started making that graphic for them yesterday, right? Yeah, like, hey, win, 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 win. You're not going to see it today. Oh, oh no. shit. As we predicted, that would be the death sentence. <laughs> Gambling gods. Oh, so that is why you guys have pushed that off for so long. Because I've asked a couple times over the run here of the heater that the Hammer Down boys have been on. Like, hey, can you guys just make some videos so we can just show them during the show? Like, hey, a commercial. You know, we got commercials we got to fill time with. Why don't we just have, like, you guys hitting every night which is what you've been doing there yeah okay we'll do that we'll do that so then you know like two months later i'll be like fuck weren't we supposed to have are you guys still on a heater yeah can we get some videos please like as a come please we need them a running winner, to say, yes. we, we, and then i think it'd be good for the show yeah 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 we'll, we'll get on that now actually okay and then they know that i'll get into some other thoughts oh, some other no. conversation <laughs> life will go on i'm just expecting it to be done and then we go three months later and it's like okay I would like some fucking winners in the videos here to help push this thing. Now. And Foxy, actually, this is the he was just he's been cutting cameras for this show for like a week now. Yeah. Foxy was like, Yeah, let's get this done. Actually, I'm like, hey, thank you, Foxy, by the way. Yep. Foxy goes in there, gets it done. Now they're cold. Oh boy. So Foxy's arrival into Hammer Down and then me continuing to ask them to, you know, kind of tempt fate with the gambling gods. Mm-hmm. I would like to say, we are sorry if you guys turn yeah. into the coldest cold streak <laughs> of all time. Well, and also it is I'm- me and Foxy. Foxy's fault. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm actually hot right now, so I want these videos to go out so people see. Like I'm winning bets. Yeah, you're in there every First single day. Time ever. Hey, you're in the Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, back. you're in the Hammered Down Thunderdome, and you're giving out picks every single night, and you're on a heater that nobody's ever seen before. And that's why I'm happy. You're on my team for the same game. Game holiday. I'm pumped you're on my team, Foxy. Let's go. Well, football is a different sport than basketball, Pat. Let's remember, <laughs> you know, who Foxy has been in the past. I'm and not for saying. For those that haven't watched Hammer Down over the last few days, Foxy makes bets every single day with yeah. the Hammer Down boys. So they have to pick college basketball, right. which is mm-hmm. on every night, NBA basketball that is on every night. So football is just during the weekends, especially for the same game holiday. holiday. Yeah. Cute little jingle. It was stuck in my head all day yesterday. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. The weird thing was we did it in the first hour. Then in the second hour. Third hour, I forgot what it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Got out of the show, though. Was sitting, uh, maybe taking a grumpy. Maybe maybe not. To, you know, doing the whatever you got to do. And in my head. Huh, 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 
Am I fucking Jimmy Iovine, dude? I don't know. <laughs> Might be. You tell me. I'm not 100% sure. But I am super excited for this weekend because Super Wild Card Weekend has gotten even better. If you're in a state in which FanDuel is available, come on in. The water is fine. If not, just watching along, you're going to be able to see the best of the best in the NFL compete. I mean, there's different ways to look at it this weekend as a fan, as somebody that's in the game. I've gotten a chance to play in the Super Wild Card Weekend knowing that you either win or you you go fish. Oh, don't want to be doing that. And I'm not talking a card game. I'm talking about actually heading to the lake for the next couple months mm -hmm. all by yourself, loser, watching everybody else. And you get no more paychecks, no more playoff bonuses, no more success, no more legacy, no more, you know, hey, in 10 years, we'll come back and have a reunion. That is what happens when you lose in the playoffs. Mm. It is a nightmare. Losing in the playoffs stinks. I mean, granted, last night on Hard Knocks, I only got to see the final 10 minutes of the show because my wife and I went to an RV Expo. Whoa, how'd it go? Did you get anything? What was it? X, I assume EXPO stands for something yeah right exponential sometimes not in this i case. don't i don't think so like they're they're, they're yeah. whatever grand is what you think right oh yeah a lot of rvs not so much uh -oh. <laughs> a lot of rv <laughs> pamphlets i don't know it just wasn't as we're gonna get in i think i'm gonna get into the bus rv game i think i'm gonna get in there somehow i enjoy like being away from everything but also need wi-fi and water of course sure sure you know what i mean yeah. Bed. i think i would enjoy camping but also need walls need essentials need need yeah need air conditioning i run hot need this entire thing so i was my wife and i were like you know let's go to rv expo maybe pick up a bus or something you know turn it into a studio uh, ability Ooh, thing so okay. like if we ever have to be on the road for anything let's go do it it was i mean i feel like i've driven past parking lots with more rvs than wait, really? oh, wait, no. wait, wait. yeah it was not i mean the people that were there were incredibly nice okay obviously well. uh, a lot of people in the uh, we shout out to all the incredible vendors that were there last shout night that did take the show on the road to the expo, mm -hmm. but it seems like a lot of people decided not to come to the RV expo. You're telling me the RV expo at the Indiana State Fairgrounds didn't have a rock star tour bus equipped and ready to go? Well, what's this guy's deal? <laughs> I, I, I thought that's I what honestly was going on. thought there that, would be one there. I thought so. I thought expo. I was fully ready and prepared to walk into that Indiana State Fairground find a bus and say, I'm driving this one home. Give it to me right now. I mean, there was a couple of nice ones, a couple of really good people. I did not, I expected, I think, something to be grander. I was told, oh, wait till February. February, we got the uh, RV and boat show. That brings in a little bit more because the boat community and the RV community sometimes. Hand in hand. Some okay. people are coming in more. You need to come to the RV and boat show. Whatever the case, it was a nice little date night for my wife and I to go walk around, meander amongst a lot of great people. Not a lot of RVs, but a lot of great people there. Got to chat, see the world. Had a corn dog. Ooh, oh, really? State Fair corn dog. Delicious. Oh, yeah. can't beat it. Oh, you, you could, because actually, the State Fair, <laughs> I think when the State Fair is happening, different corn dogs than during the expo. Oh, ah, winter corn dogs. People yeah. selling the corn dogs still awesome. And you got to remember State Fair, Carney's. People along this, yeah. awesome to talk to. They made some decisions in their life that landed them in this spot as opposed to being like the number one agent or salesman or saleswoman of anything. They can talk. Mm -hmm. So people saw us corn dog, great people. Sure. Mm -hmm. Said corn dog, though, half ass corn dog in comparison to State Fair corn dog, one of which you go to the State Fair to actually get. You know, big son of a oh, bitch. Oh, yeah, foot long. Yeah. Foot corn season. It's a hot dog on a stick dipped in batter. Yeah. Line them all up, mm. put it on a platter. Delicious. Give me five to six, your boy's getting fatter. 
Because it's a hot dog on a stick dipped in bladder. I love corn dogs. Last night they mailed it in. But people were great. People were fantastic. Nice date night with the wife. Get home. Have a good time. All of a sudden, I look at my phone. Holy shit, it's 1033. Mm -hmm. Okay? Hard Knocks, Keith Cosrose program started on HBO at 10 o'clock. We turned the thing on. This was like one I wanted to see. I wanted to see how the team was going to respond to being knocked out of the playoffs in Clonton, Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, man. So I turned it on at the exact time where Darius Leonard was crouched down on the field during probably a two-minute warning or a timeout or something, just saying, man, we, we fucked this one up, basically. Like, the acknowledgement of everybody that they stunk and that they blew an opportunity that is not always going to be there. And Frank gave a lot of speeches about how, hey, this is going to carry into next year. There's going to be 30 new guys on that team next year. That team is going to look... Similar with the big names, I guess. Probably similar with the big names. Who knows the quarterback position? I mean, mm. Chris Ballard speaking right now. He scheduled his presser at the same time as our show. Okay. Great. Take it one hour earlier. Maybe we'd be able to talk about it, get a little bit more answers. But Frank was talking about the future of the team, and the, some stars will be back. But in the NFL, the teams change drastically. Free agency happens. Guys get paid. The bottom half of the roster, who might have been some glue guys who were able to perform well in role positions, absolutely said they're going to probably be gone. There's going to be a new batch that's younger cheaper and they're going to be moved that group is never going to be the same again and i think that is the thing that is most difficult to take whenever a season ends and it kind of slaps you right in the face too it comes out of nowhere just like we are just realizing that it's sang weekend super wild card weekend already this kind of came up on us quick in the game especially for a team like the colts who are on a run they were expecting on going for a while keith cosro of hard knocks was expecting to go for a while yeah. then it shows up out of nowhere boom your schedule just opened up dude you got yeah. fucking nothing you're not going to probably see a lot of these dudes ever again you're probably never going to talk to these guys face-to-face ever again unless you happen to be in the same city at the same event at the same time. And I think that is the finality of it all is what is so beautiful about this weekend because you don't really realize it until, like, the night before the game. You have a team meeting. And you're like, oh, shit, hey, this could, be our, this could be our last team meeting. And then when you go get a snack and you're hanging out, it's like, hey, this literally might be the last time you and me ever fucking, hey, eat something together mm-hmm. ever again. <laughs> hey, this might be the last time you and me get to just – Ask this dude who's an incredibly nice guy named E, who's the head of the FCA, just a bunch of hilarious questions that he never... Like, this is the last... This could be the last time, and then, boom, you get bonus football. Then you get it another time, and you kind of start grasping on to how much, you know, you appreciate the practice and the walkthrough. Not only because it's bonus money, which is great. More checks always good in the football world when you're utilizing your body for your business and you don't know how long your body is going to continue to maintain so picking up bonus checks for your body always good but also you just you know the finality of it all kind of starts creeping in and i'm so excited that we're here last night though the colts that was interesting watching you know frank gave a great speech i thought and the whole thing, the team meeting, it was a great delivered speech. I don't think he bobbled one word. I was, I was like, holy shit, this is a very good speaker. This is a very good orator. And I did know that he went to uh, boot camp to be a priest. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Seminary, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that a priest or a preacher? Priest. But he's married with kids, so he wouldn't have been able to do Yeah, that. so probably, yeah. yeah I probably mean, backed out. I, I don't know. I mean, is he Catholic? I don't know what. I don't know. Depends he, on the denomination, I believe. Yeah. So that's like Mennonites, Amish, there's like a bunch of levels to this mm-hmm. shit? Might yeah. be like a deacon or something like that. 
whatever the case, I knew he wanted to get into the Lord's word. Sure. But the, him delivering that speech, which is a tough speech to give, I thought was delivered well. The messaging, though, I, di- I didn't, you know, because he and I, and we all know that that team is not going to be anywhere near the same next year. No. You just got to hope. You just got to hope that your studs come back. You got to hope that the people that you bring in for the fill-in spots, you know, they're able to buy in as much as you need them to buy in to hopefully take the next step. Last year, losing the playoffs. This year, not make the playoffs because you lose to Jacksonville Jaguars. I just think getting an inside peek at all that uh, was pretty cool. And I had to, you know, relive the loss to Clontown yet again last night. Well, and that's why it is kind because of, it's hard to, you look at that and it's just, it kind of just fills you with that disappointment again with like how well they were playing. Like, and part of that too, to your point about Frank and like the messaging, like I'm sure a lot of those guys are just sick to their stomach because, you know, four weeks ago they were thinking like, Hey, if we get into the playoffs, like we're going to be an actual threat. Like we could be one of those teams that goes on a run to the AFC championship or the Super Bowl, And then, you know, like you said, it just, it's just super disappointing that the season ended the way it did. Yeah, I get it. Sad. Very really. sad. Okay. Bond. All right. Okay. Hope you guys all do well in the playoffs. Okay, hope you all do well. Hope you do better than what Ben's expecting. We'll get to that in a minute. But my wife watching, you know, she grew up in Indiana here. She's a Colts fan. Uh, On the way out of the building, they showed, like, Carson smiling or whatever. And Sam's like, he shouldn't be fucking smiling. I'm like, Sam, like, (laughs) you know. I love his life. Like, what what if he was just with somebody in that building for, I don't know, six months every single day, and they're about to not see each other for about a month or two? What if they were like, hey, Fuck off or whatever. Don't die <laughs> yeah. on the, the bobcat. What if that moment is what happened? They can't have any inside jokes or any moments of like nostalgia about the year as the season's ending. And in Sam's eyes, it was like, no, I can understand why. They put him in slow motion, like smiling on the way out as if it was a happy ending. It was like, I don't know if that's how Carson exactly felt about the team, which is what the show is kind of depicting, or he maybe felt that about somebody who just said something or something that's going on there. But whatever the case, it is miserable. Yeah. And uh, you learn a lot about who's, you know, like who do you want to continue to go with mm-hmm. in those moments where loss happens? Because it's like I've been on a plane where we have lost bad and not a single person said a single fucking word on the trip home. Maybe there was like a stand-up walk. How you doing? All right, yeah, well, that can't happen anymore. Just go back and sit down. Everybody miserable. And I've been on a plane where we have got our asses handed to us, and somebody was coming on with uh, one phone on their ear, one phone on their hand, and a shout-out across the plane to somebody that owes them money from a dice game, and then sitting down and other people laughing alongside and just being like, oh, okay, so we fucking stink. Like, yeah. uh, this team this team stinks. Like, does he even realize that we just got murdered and we should not be getting murdered and you only have so many opportunities to do this? But then you got to realize also that not everybody is 100% playing in the NFL just strictly because they love the team, they love the game. They're there because it is a business. They're there to make money, which makes you even more realize, like, hey, if we lose, we don't make as much fucking money either. So no matter what your reasoning is to play, and I think people should not be as hard on folks who don't necessarily love the game as much as everybody else. 
You know, there's some people that get motivated in different fashions. There's a lot of people, believe it or not, who come from absolutely nothing, who have the mindset that, hey, I'm going to do this because I'm going to make money. This has been my plan. And this is, I don't give a fuck. Like, hey, it is my job to make money for my family, my community. And they might come off as a little bit more selfish than everybody else. And if you're a coach or a teammate, it's like, cool, that's what motivates this dude. Let's just get him to do that and be better for all of us. Uh, and whenever you lose... And money stops coming, the wins stop coming, the legacy stop coming. And that's why playoff football is the fucking yes, best, baby. Yeah. yeah, nothing better. Only 13 games left, but for oh, the, Sorry, God. hey, you got to put a number on it so you can it. enjoy every Don't single one of them. No, so yeah. you put a number on, like, conditioning. Hey, you got 20 sprints, okay, because you want to get through it. Yeah, yeah, sure. You don't put a number on good things. No. I needed a number on it, okay, because last week, out of nowhere, halfway through up, our Sunday in this office watching games, I said, oh, shit, there's only like four or five games left in the whole entire regular season. Then what? What do we got next weekend? We only got three games on Sunday. Yeah. Sorry about it, guys. I need to know because I want to savor every single one of them, all right? That's on you guys Listen, you can't handle going into 13. Sunday, going into Sunday, I think I seen Diggs with a tweet. Mm-hmm. I sent a tweet. Yeah. Numerous other people. Hey, this is a full NFL Sunday slate. Let's enjoy this. Yeah. Is our last one. Exactly. Where were you? Yeah, but we played? don't need to spin it with a countdown. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a countdown to the biggest game on earth of the season. Hey, you only got 13 meals left in your life. Exactly. So you'd probably <laughs> chew a, a lot more if you only, if you knew uh, you only had 13. Yeah, but what if one of these games is just dog shit? What do I well, mean? I expect yeah. one of those. And unfortunately, I expect it to be possibly the Patriots-Bills game oh, to be. God. A little bit of a... Uh, Speaking of that game, Jordan Poyer will join us in hour two. He's safety for the Buffalo Bills. Did not make the Pro Bowl because hmm. their defense, although number one overall scoring defense and number one overall defense, yeah. uh, scoring means the amount of points they give up. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills are the first team since the 2012 Steelers to lead the NFL in total defense and scoring defense without a player selected to the Pro Bowl. How's that Ooh. work? Well, they fucking stink. I'm going to tell them that, too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, hey, you and Hyde stink, dude. Uh-huh. I don't let them know. If you were good, you would have made a Pro Bowl. So That's true. You guys might give it up the least amount of points all year, average, uh, least amount of yards as an entire defense as a whole throughout the entire season, but none of you are in the name of the Pro Bowl. So right. fucking maybe call back next week, dude, yeah. if you make it. <laughs> okay. Think about just at, as we talked about, uh, to him last time. He's a chip. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then he has tweeted a couple of times, like, oh, just adding gas to the fire and all that mm-hmm. whole thing. I'm excited to hear his take on the entire thing. Because that might be something that McDermott's using. Like, hey, none of you, you all stink. None of you made the Pro mm-hmm. Bowl. But who cares? Right? We're trying to get to the, the big bowl. Yeah. The big bowl. The right. superb bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. What's the rules on that? Are we not allowed to – you're not allowed to promote the Super Bowl if you're not the NFL? Is that why? It, I think it depends on how you say it. Like um, – if you're saying it like Connor says, how many games are left in the season? You can't say it's bullshit. Super Bowl. But if you say it in a happy way, you could say Super Bowl. Oh, so it's all in the narrative. Yeah, that's like people that rip our show and then put it up on their own mm-hmm. on their own pages or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to send cease and desist to anybody because people do that to us with our own content whenever they re-air our shit on their shit. And we understand it's a business. But if you're trying to make us look like a bunch of assholes, like we have to, like can't do it. Can't, can't, we can't just be using can't our stuff that. and making us look like assholes. <laughs> yeah. If you want to use our stuff, stop. Judge us. Call us assholes. Yeah. Cool. Different Fair story. game. But you cannot make our entire show look like assholes. I mean, a little respect out there. Yeah, you know. I mean, I thought, <laughs> I thought there was honor in this game. Is there not honor in assholeholery? <laughs> you know, I thought that's what we're doing. Uh, joining us now is a man who is nowhere near an asshole. No, no. no. Such a good guy. Yeah, great guy. He's Emmy nominated. 
What? Hey, he's an insider really? to the insiders. Whoa. Guy who absolutely crushes it every single morning on NFL Network with Good Morning Football alongside an incredible cast and crew. Ladies and gentlemen, friend of the show, Peter Schrager. What's going on, Dan? I'm doing great. I love you guys. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you for joining us. We love you as well. What's the hat there? We going down to the harbor? This is Sag Harbor. This is out in Long Island. This is where all the fishermen live. This is where Billy Joel sings about Sag Harbor. We're showing some love to a little small town in Long Island. Well, Billy, Let's go. Hey, Sag Harbor. All right. Hey, hey. All Thank right. you, Sag. I thought it was like a bunch of actors hanging around water there. I thought that's what oh. that was on your hat. I was excited <laughs> to hear Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. Yes. yeah. No, I, not quite. I thought this was like an Illuminati thing you were hanging out at. I was like, hey, okay, <laughs> Shrags. Maybe you'll win that Emmy next time. Yeah, you jump right. into those harbors. Let's do that. All right. Let's get to uh, the inside information that only Shregs knows in the conversation that you can hopefully enlighten us on a little bit. Uh, was Joe Judge going to be fired before Aaron Rodgers said everything he said on this show, or should we feel a little bit of guilt about the future of Joe Judge and him having that house party with 700 bears, vodka, pizza, boys, let's burn this shit down. Is that Aaron Rodgers' is his fault on this show, or how do you think they got to that point, and what's next for them? I think I think Joe Judge is a great dude, and I feel like wow. the the shame of it all is that the New York market never really got to experience what kind of person he was. Because I've gotten to know him, and I think he's he's uh, he's a good guy. He's a good father. He's got kids, and they're in high school, and they're in middle school. And at the end of the day, if he got fired or not, it was going to happen. But what was a shame was sort of the way it all went down that on Monday he shows up to work thinking I might have a job tomorrow I might not he meets with the team he leaves Monday night as the head coach of the Giants and Dave Gettleman the general manager had this you know fantastic victory lap around the the stadium on Sunday gets to shake hands and he gets to retire from his job Judge on Monday goes in, thinks he's got a job, maybe, who knows, but then the story starts coming out that they're going to be doing GMs, and the GMs are then going to decide Joe's fate, and then one thing leads to another, and I think when the Giants' ownership started in, you know, reaching out to some of these GM candidates, they're like, if we're going to be the GM of the Giants, we'd like to have some say in the coach, and if not, tell us whether the coach is going to be there or not so that we can work with him. We've seen that work before where a head coach is already there and then a GM comes and joins them. And I don't think a lot of those GM candidates loved how murky things were looking as far as, oh, wait, so you're going to hire me, but then my first week I've got to decide whether I'm firing this guy or not, and I don't know him. Like It was a shotgun marriage, if you will, and I think the Mara family at the end of the day was like, all right, it's easier just to rip the Band-Aid off and let's get out of here. But if you want to make the case for Joe Judge, and I don't think the third and nine play that Aaron uh, so, so publicly joked about on your show That's did right. him any favors, if you want to make the case for him, <laughs> He inherited a roster. He had Saquon Barkley for like five games when he was healthy. They had a terrible offensive line. They had the worst salary cap in football. And it was almost like you were digging out of a hole. And two years in a pandemic, it's a shame that Joe Judge uh, never really was able to succeed in New York. And it's kind of like the end of an era, and it never really began. Okay. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I assume you have a, a pretty good relationship with Joe Judge, as you explained there early. So I like you going to bat for your friend as well, because none of us would look into that. We would just look from the outside and say, oh, this team fucking stinks. <laughs> and you can't stink and be a head coach for long, especially when there's moments happening where you're doing a 3,000-word diatribe about yourself and the team and the organization and the culture. And then there's push-ups happening in 
full pads, and then there's calling out of other organizations that then beat the hell out of you mm-hmm. on the last week. It just from a national side, not following a day to day, it just looked Dude, like an the epic local side. They blew them out here. Like the media was. Yeah. It was look, you guys nationally are one thing. You have no idea what it's like on the local radio in New York. They kill them, the huh? They kill them. Uh, yeah, but so that's why. Really hold on, hold on, Trakes. So they kill him. So that's why he comes in and says, "Okay." Here is boom to ba- basically tell everybody to go fuck themselves. I actually respect that more and more because from a national side, the 3000 word thing looked like, oh, this guy's trying to explain why he doesn't stink when he clearly stinks. But you think it's potentially pent up frustration from him telling everybody to go fuck themselves in a manner in which he can explain it. Maybe. Is that what you're thinking? No, I think that he legitimately thought that there was going to be another year next year. And gosh, like, let's let's take a deep breath here and let's see how this season ends and then look towards next year where maybe we could do a reset. And, and I think he came into that, that Monday afternoon meeting hoping he still had a job with the Giants, went to bed that night telling his family probably, I think I'm good. And then Tuesday, you know, middle of the afternoon, it's like, all right, you're gone. And I, I don't know, Gettleman was a GM there for many, many years, retires at the age of 70. He's been much respected in the league. Um, but they, their roster and that team never really had a shot with all the injuries they had and where it was going. So I'm not going to cry any tears for Joe Judge as far as being able to be an NFL head coach. It's one of the coolest honors in the world. And he would be very disappointed if he saw someone out there being like, Joe's a, Joe deserves better because he's got too much pride for that. But I also don't think he had the best situation and the deck wasn't exactly full when he showed up. Okay. And by the way, I appreciate you saying that. And I will view Joe Judge's existence as a head coach in a different manner as opposed to all the other New England coaches that come out there. And also, he's a special teams guy. And he threw a banger immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I am. Hey, Joe Judge's level of respect is much mm-hmm. higher. But from a national standpoint, what are they going to do? Are they going to be able to turn that around? Are they going to hire an agency to hire somebody? How's Mara and the Mara family going to fix this? thing you think when they've proven it's not easy to make these decisions in the nfl especially for the new york giants all right so the giants have a long history of hiring from within when it comes to the general manager position george young was there hall of fame gm for 20 years they went outside the building with ernie and Corsi, but who had done it for years and then it was jerry reese and then after jerry reese it was gettleman all these guys had giants roots aside from a Corsi. um this is the first time ever the giants are doing like a wide net huge interview process for the general manager position. I'm talking Adrian Wilson, safety for the Cardinals for years, who's been in the Cardinals front office. He had an interview yesterday. Today, Ryan Poles, who is a 36-year-old in Kansas City, he's interviewing for the GM position right now. Joe Shane up in Buffalo. Like, they are looking at all the top organizations, and they're picking and plucking and bringing them in to meet with them to have a GM. Then the GM will then start lining up the coaches. So even to have a coaching conversation now is premature. What they want to do is first find the GM, and you could start making connections. So they're interviewing Joe Shane, who's up in Buffalo and has been Brandon Bean's number two. And by the way, Pat, awesome dude. He (laughs) works with Brian Dable for years up there in Buffalo. So that would be like a natural connection. Like, all right, the Buffalo offensive coordinator, the Buffalo GM, go. With the Ravens uh, prospect, this guy, Joe Hortiz, who's who's been in Baltimore for 20 years, if he comes in, okay, well, then is Wink Martindale a good connection because they've worked together? You start playing those games mm. about connections and who's been where. But for the Giants, general manager will be the first thing they hire, and then the head coach will be what's after that. Okay, well, good luck to the Giants. Can't wait to hear and see who they pick. Daniel Jones is dead there, right? I mean, that new mm. GM, new coach, that is. Not the case. No way that's not the case. Not the case. New, new coach, Jones, new GM. Daniel- 
Daniel Jones has as much a shot to be on that team as any player on that team. And I'll tell you why. Well, this quarterback that's draft class, it's nothing special. There's no young guy there. This free agency crop, yeah, there's some guys. But like to, that, to me, Daniel Jones, how could you make an assessment on Daniel Jones after having three different head coaches, four different offensive coordinators, 6,000 offensive linemen? Let's at least get another look at him. <laughs> with the new head coach before you say, let's go draft somebody else. Yeah, but I mean, the new head coach and the new GM, whenever they've dreamt of these positions of being GM and head coach, they've already had in their mind what style of quarterback, who the quarterback would be. I, I just think, I don't know. If Daniel Jones is quarterback for the Giants next year with his fourth head coach or whatever, and, and however that plays out, like, good on him for continuing to impress, but I think everybody would do some favors of, like, yeah. Get a fresh start. I think Danny mm -hmm. Dimes deserves maybe a fresh start. I'm not saying it'll work out, but geez, that guy from draft day all the way through, basically, he has just been getting absolutely I know. pummeled. I know. Hope all works out for him. He's an absolute stud. Let's move around a little bit. Uh, Catherine Rach, uh, yeah. Philadelphia Eagles VP of Personnel, is getting an interview with the Minnesota Vikings for the general manager position. She would be the first woman since 1983 to hold a uh, general manager position in the NFL. Catherine Rach is not a name that I think a lot of us had heard of before this announcement. Is that on us? How stupid are we for not knowing this? This feels pretty big. No, it's a huge deal, and it's not just, uh, hey, let's do it to check a box. This is a legitimate candidate to be a general manager right now, and I assure you that. So the last person to hold her title in Philadelphia was Andrew Berry, who is now the GM of the Cleveland Browns, and went from that job to interviewing with the Browns, the young, promising candidate, to now being one of the better general managers in the league. And what Catherine brings in that role is scouting, but also, I'm told, a heavy analytics bent, too. She's one of the rare candidates that has done a lot in both fields, the business side as well, talking about salary cap and dealing with agents. She was an assistant general manager at the, the Canadian Football League and was getting a lot of buzz because when you go and you scout at these college bowl games, everyone's out there from the Argonauts to the Blue Bombers to the New York Jets to the Minnesota Vikings. And in this case, she made the connections necessary to get an interview with the Eagles. Howie Roseman brings her in. And she's been outstanding for two years there that the Vikings want to meet her and pick her brain and then say, hey, if she is the best candidate, she will be the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. But her resume, though different and isn't one of these 20 year scouts who's been living in a car looking at the East West Shrine Bowl game, is very impressive in that she has worn a lot of hats for a lot of organizations. And in Philadelphia, they've been churning out GMs, Joe Douglas, Andrew Berry. They have a nice system there where they set these people up to succeed. And she might blow the doors off the Minnesota Vikings when she meets with the Will family in a couple of days. Uh, I mean, given the Eagles credit for Andrew Barry is fast. Colts guy. Yeah. Colts guy. Yeah, I mean, I heard you do it. <laughs> shout out to Catherine. I mean, shout out to Catherine for real. But as soon as you start being like Andrew Barry, Philadelphia is like, Whoa. I mean. Pump the brakes. Hey, he is a no, Colts guy. He is a Colts guy. He's a stud. We would He's like a, a little bit of credit. I mean, you think he was sleeping on somebody's couch in Indianapolis at one point. Huh. And not mine. Not mine. But I'm saying he was sleeping on a couch in Indianapolis at one point. He with, is, a, with a Harvard degree in his back pocket. Isn't that yeah, an, yeah, in, uh, insane? Be all right. Isn't that insane to think about that literally? And I think about that with Ryan Fitzmagic, who mm -hmm. would just run his face into like 10 people. I think a Harvard degree automatically gets you like into at least one VC or two of them. And they just figure out, hey, we'll figure out how to make all this money just filter into your pocket somehow but instead that's why when, when i watch use check on the weekend holding for kicks and then blocking i'm like that dude went to an ivy league school good for him for wanting to do this yeah and i think it's like him proving to everybody that i can be 
Like, just like Andrew Luck. Andrew was so much smarter than every human he talked to in the football world. And he knew it. We knew it. But he was still able to just be incredibly tough. I think that's like a, a whole part of it. Yuschek was unbelievable. Uh, let's bounce around a little bit some more. Dude, before we go on, Robbie Robbie Gold. You got it. No one's ta- talking about Jimmy G. Robbie Gold goes and is thrown into punt two 45-yard bomb punts in the clutch. Like, I thought of you right away. Like, what a performance from Robbie. On the yeah, and he had a swing like a kicker, too. I don't know if everybody saw that. <laughs> like, and it's like such a, it's like such a, you know, a minute group of people that see that. But when you kick, obviously, you're opening up like this, and you're coming through like a golf swing. When you're punting, everything is supposed to be like in a straight line, like straight ahead. So when he did like his warm-up punt, he was like swinging. I'm like, oh, that's going to go fucking four yards, Robbie. Like, you need to figure it out. But I, I thought he did beautiful. That's what Robbie Gold does, though. He's just like, you know, that's why the Bears cut him. That's right. He's just too <laughs> calm, too calm. Yeah. Come on. Too good. Too good. Yeah. Just, Steven. Get him out of Chicago, yeah. dude. Oh. Let's talk about Chicago right now. What's going on up there? They're interviewing everybody. They're like literally every human is on a graphic that Zito has made because he's a Chicago Bears fan to potentially be the head coach for the Bears or the GM for the Bears. They hired Bill Paul who I'm sure, you know, he knows a lot about football. Does he know anything about the current landscape? Not 100% sure. I guess we will find out how much say he has. I'm excited for him to be a part of the conversation piece again. But how much of these interviews are bullshit, trying to get information from people? And how much of them are like everybody has an actual shot in getting in there? And how many realistic head coaches are kind of in this group of people, you think, as we go forward? Yeah, and I think you go into different buckets. You go into the former head coach, you know, bucket where it's guys who have been there, done that, and it's like, hey, we need some stabilization here, and I'm going to give this guy another shot, whether it be, you know, anyone from Dan Quinn to Marvin Lewis who might get interviewed, you know, and you're hearing Jim Caldwell's name. Like, those names are legit. Jim's your guy. Um, But then you get the young upstart coordinator, and it's like a certain franchise might just want a fresh start with a fresh face, and that could be anything from Brandon Staley to Sean McVay to one of those. Or you get the guys who year after year have been banging on the door, whether it be Eric Bieniemy or, or or several of these other, you know, Brian Leftwich or some of these other coordinators that have said, hey, I've had the interviews before. It just hasn't clicked yet. Now's my time. Um, each team is going to be different. I think each GM is going to be different with who they prefer and who they want to bring in. But in a lot of cases, here's how I would connect the dots. Where are your connections? Where are the people that have worked together before? Because time and time again, it'll come out and it'll be like, hey, this guy worked with this guy three years ago and they can just open up the suitcase and say, hey, let's just start unpacking things right now because we speak the same language and we've been there and we've done it before. I find that 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 could be looking like an old boys club, but it's not necessarily that. A lot of that is just, I trust this person. I've been down this road and this is my first opportunity as a general manager. I want to be able to go do this or I'm a coach, and gosh, I want to work with a guy that I know I've been through the trenches with before. Hey, we just did this like four years ago. We all got fired, but we can fucking do it again. Let's do it yeah. again. We got to do it again, bro. We can do it. Let's run it back. Run it back. <laughs> hey, we got a we got a taste of it the first time. Now we get a chance to actually do it. That has happened before. Bill stunk. In Cleveland, he goes up to New England. He's absolutely great. You know, Pete Carroll stuck, uh, stunk in New England. Mm-hmm. He goes up to Seattle. He's great. There is a, hey, let's run it back and see how we can do the second time. But it feels like a lot of these cases, it's like, oh, these are all the same people and they all stink. That young upstart offensive coordinator getting an opportunity, like Sean McVay, your friend, kind of changed the game completely, is wild because I assume there's so many different emotions that go on in those interviews. When somebody like McVay yeah. comes in, is like, okay, we're going to use the rules, okay, and we're going to have these guys <laughs> <final laughs> And we're going to be doing all these things. 
this. We're gonna like that. What, like we're gonna be doing all the, like that. Energy is probably like, oh shit. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. all right, this is this is the future. This is what we need to be doing. And then immediately following, like a young offense coordinator who has that type of energy, you have Jim Caldwell come in. Jim Caldwell comes in, just very matter of fact, calm. Listen, we're gonna show up every day. We're gonna work. We're gonna do this process. It's gonna be a build. It's gonna be a climb after wins. We're gonna be happy, but not too happy. Like let's just. This is how we. This is a very calming thing. That has to be a ride for those owners that have to make those decisions. Because I is. assume you get caught up because you're a human. You're like, oh, I love that. And then somebody else comes, oh, this person, I don't know about this. Hey, you're too much. And that's, it's got to be tough. It's got to be very difficult to make those decisions, Shriggs. It's, t- it's, it's great they say it. Because, okay, let's do last year, for example. You will not find two different personalities in the room than Arthur Smith and Robert Sala. Robert Sala is going to knock you out and it's going to be, let's get in a phone booth and wrestle. And Arthur Smith is, let's talk about the philosophy behind why the zone read works, you know, like all that stuff. And yet those guys were interviewing for the same jobs and Atlanta saw Arthur Smith as the right fit for them. And the jets for what they needed was Robert Sala. Now there are two wild card candidates that I've seen getting interviews that I think are worth mentioning as far as young upstarts go. And I haven't seen him get interviewed anywhere else. But Mike McDaniel getting an interview in Miami is fascinating to me. So he is off the LaFleur, Shanahan, McVay tree. And he was with Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta. He's been in San Francisco. He's the run game coordinator right now. Of course. In, uh, in San Francisco. And now is their He's offensive coordinator He's got a press in San Fran. Okay? So think about their run game and that whole scheme. Mike McDaniel is one of these masters of that. He's like 36, went to Yale wears glasses and is hilarious and is like a wise ass and is funny funny and is one of these guys that the players love and Miami's the only team I see anything but if you watch that run game now yeah it's Kyle Shanahan's baby and that's of course because Kittle and Juszczyk and Trent Williams are damn good and Debo but like the mastermind uh, uh, the quiet one in the background is Mike McDaniel and I'm curious to see if he gets more the other one is a guy who was in Indy for a bit and went with Sirianni out to Philly is the defensive coordinator of the Eagles right now, JG, Jonathan Gannon, who is another high energy, high octane, and you've got veterans on that defense. The Brandon Grahams, the Fletcher Coxes, and the Darius Slays, and these guys love him. So first-year coordinators, really rare. Like Brandon Staley was one, and Sean McVay was one. Really rare to see them get opportunities as head coaches, but those are two that are really intriguing to me. Jonathan Gannon and Mike McDaniel. If Mike McDaniel is the next Ernie, uh, watch Adams. him. Adams need Bernie to make, Adams. need to make that higher stat. Is he GM or coach? He's going for coach. The coach, bro. Go go find Mike McDaniel when he first did his opening press conference and he was announced as OC to San Francisco. He basically gets up there and is like, and he's like, he's like five nine. Maybe I'm being disrespectful. Maybe he's five eleven and he's skinny and he's like. Hi, everybody. I know, uh, you know, I, you probably haven't met me before, and I'm so physically imposing, like self-deprecating, and they were like, what is this guy? Like, hilarious dude. Okay. You would love him. Okay, cool. I'm excited. Hopefully, he'll be able to have a press conference every single week. That'd be great for Miami, yeah. Donna. Yeah. That'd be much different Let's than go. what two just went through. That's right. Uh-huh. And then, I, lo- I can't wait for hey, you. I'm JG. You call me coach. Like, I can't wait. Maybe uh-huh. he gets an opportunity. I'm excited for that guy. I love high-energy people. Go ahead, Tom. Shregs, you tweeted yesterday that Dayball and Leslie Frazier are interviewing with the Dolphins, I believe on Sunday they got a game on Saturday night are they yeah. not preparing for the Patriots and they're preparing for their interview with the Dolphins what it's one of the quirky deals with this scheduling stuff so if you have a buy this week and oh, that's no. you know Nathaniel Hackett who is going to be interviewing for several jobs this week with the Packers he's the offensive coordinator they're allowed to do it if you don't have a buy you can't do this week but you can do 
over the weekend and early next week before the divisional round. Now, I just got word before I came on with you guys, Leslie has asked and has had it pushed back okay. to later next week. So he won't be Sunday morning. But win or lose, Brian Dayball is interviewing for the Miami Dolphins head coaching job. Now, he's got the biggest game of his life this weekend. They're playing the Patriots in a rubber match, and it's Saturday night in the zero degrees. I can assure you he is grinding for the Patriots right now and preparing for that. But this is time and time again that this is how the NFL has built it, that yes, the next morning, regardless, he needs to get ready, and whether it's on Zoom or in person, he needs to be ready to go meet with Stephen Ross and Chris Greer and sell them on why he's the next coach of the Miami Dolphins. Hey, uh, I could just go win a Super Bowl and say, like, that's that's how, why you should hire me, but also, let me put all this work away, and let me tell you why you should pay me to come to the 305. That That is interesting. There, I know they were trying to change rules there for the final two weeks of the season and maybe do that whole thing. That is just an... Uh, because I guess if you wait till after the Super Bowl, everybody else is already. I, there just has to be some sort of guidelines. There'll be a tampering period, I, no matter how. I, they I remember, um, and you guys will roll your eyes and you'll laugh at it now because he's since been fired. But I'll remember that there was a crazy Sunday night game or Sunday afternoon game between the Colts and no, the Chiefs and the Titans. And Mariota threw a pick, and and Daryl Revis had it, and it bounced off him. And Mariota scores, and it was this heartbreaking loss for the Chiefs at home with Alex Smith, probably his last game, and. Literally 12 hours later, Matt Nagy interviewed for the Bears and got the job like 12 hours after that. And the whirlwind was so crazy. And I'm like, you had a game, you know, 12 hours ago and you're interviewing for the Bears and then you get the job and Nagy's the man. He was coach of the year. So it's not like he didn't have a, at least that good first year. He's but that's how crazy this situation is that these guys put their, their heart and soul into everything into this playoff game. And then in less than 12 hours, they need to interview for the job of a lifetime. And they just have to be ready and ready to go. Yeah, these coaches, interesting how they can do that and kind of give and take. Also, general managers as well. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Shrakes, have you talked to your pal McVay about uh, Kelly Stafford's comments regarding the <laughs> away games going on in their home stadium and how there are more 49ers fans and how Stafford had to use a uh, silent count and at home? Jimmy G did it. And Jimmy right. G did not. Yeah. And Jimmy G didn't. Uh, I watched that game. Great uh, quote Aaron, from Kelly, by the way. Yeah. I fucking love Kelly, it. Kelly, hey, I'll tell you what you guys have a little empire over there kelly stafford's pretty darn good behind the mic also she is really good host at that podcast that she does and it's an interesting perspective that she has and she's not lying and i you know as much as i love mcveigh and the rams organization that place was a sea of red on on sunday and it couldn't be denied because the broadcast we had all the audio and all that so her saying that i'm sure it wasn't uh, a press release they put out from the rams organization but she's spitting the truth and I think they're, they're going to be fine Monday night with Cardinals fans, whatever. But moving forward, I think with that building and that stadium, when they play the Niners coming in there, that's going to be a thing to watch because that Niners fan base travels and that Rams fan base is still being built up. What is it? So you're telling me like Larry David and LeBron and all them are selling their sweets to the opposing team? Is that what they're doing? I don't think they're worried about the sweets, dude. I think that's, that's Isn't it all thing. sweets? Yeah, I'm talking about sweets and all that. Those Niners fans travel. Yeah, it was awesome, actually. I was pretty proud of him. I was, yeah. I was excited about it, actually. Yeah. Uh, last question here, Shrags. We can't thank you enough for joining us on this morning. I'm, we know you're Emmy-nominated and have right. all the inside information, so we appreciate it. Thank you, Shrags. Go ahead, Ty. Shrags, what the hell's going on with Russell Wilson? He's giving everyone this mumbo-jumbo that he wants to stay in <laughs> Seattle, and then he's posting the cryptic pictures at the light at the end of the tunnel. Is he is he out of town? Are you? I mean, it, all the news coming out about him – maybe going to the Giants. Have you heard anything like that in New York, or is Russell Wills going to end up staying put? I'm very interested to see. Now, here's the one thing that is being um, 
kind of disregarded with a lot of these conversations about Pete Carroll's future and John Schneider's future and Russell Wilson's future. Nobody knows anything because the owner right now is Jody Allen, Paul Allen's sister, and she doesn't communicate with the reporters. She doesn't talk to the media. And if if there is a Woj or a Shams or a, a Schefter who Shams. has a plug-in with, with Jody Allen, please let me know because Jody Allen's worth something about, I don't know, 10 to $50 billion. And if everyone's worried about Pete Carroll being – you know, you know, well, they wouldn't want to fire Pete. He's got a contract through 2025 and he's, you know, he do all this money. Money's not an issue. Okay. So money's not an issue. So whatever she wants to do, it hasn't been made public this and it awesome. hasn't really been made uh, obvious. So I, I don't I know love. what Russell's intentions are. I also don't know what the owner is looking for. I love this. I love that she t- she isn't telling anybody shit. I love it. She's telling shit. And, yeah. and, it's, and she also owns the Blazers now. And I think they're going through Ooh. some of that too in Portland where it's like people are speculating on Lillard and all this stuff. And it's like, this owner does not deal with the media. She's, you know, the late Paul Allen's sister, and she's there, and maybe they know internally <laughs> what's going on with Russell Wilson. Maybe they don't. Maybe they know it's with people. Like, anyone who's coming in here as the expert trying to tell you they know what the Seattle Seahawks' future is is probably blowing smoke up your ass right now because Russell, he's got a no-trade deal, but he also is under contract for another two years. So let's see how this thing whole plays out. But I'm not rushing to judgment on anything, and I'm certainly not attaching him to any other teams. Shams, by the way. What I say, Shams? I like yeah. his work. Well, you just said he's a sham. Though. Yeah, whoa. Huh? Like, Call the guy like, Sham. You said, hey, really look at this guy. All the really Shams. Good. Shams. Shams, Shams, basketball Shams guy. you said. Big time Shams. Shams, Shams. The hoops guy. Hey, he, he dabbles in the NFL every once in a while, too. He'll come over. I, know, I remember. He's breaking draft picks. I'm like, dude, we're not allowed to do that. Stop it. Because I could do it, too. I mean, get out of my head. Oh. I don't come in here. I'm not here breaking, you know, Cam Reddish was traded for Kevin Knox. I don't try that shit. Stay in your own lane. <laughs> hey, he broke some politics shit, too. He yeah. got into the politics yeah. inside. Yeah. I, I don't know. Does he, have, does, he, does he have thoughts about Dr. Joe Rogan or no? <laughs> I, didn't know, I don't know if he broke any news on Dr. Joe Rogan or not. We should look into that. We'll yeah. ask him. I think he's joining us in the next hour. But Bro, he, AJ made me laugh so hard. I was watching the interview, and he starts talking about Alex Jones. I was like, AJ's good. It's very funny. Bro, like yeah, very humorous. Yeah, yeah, well, you think it's funny. Uh, try like, <laughs> You know, because he is just – all AJ does is sit in his little attic in Ohio and just mm-hmm. – <laughs> just toss grenades in. He's like, go ahead and have a good time out there. I'm like, Jesus. There's people I don't even know who he is, who he's referencing that are incredibly toxic. And I'm like, all right, okay. we can't, we can't, can't be it. doing that, AJ. But that's, that's what this show is all about. And we thank you for joining us. We appreciate, appreciate you for it. giving us information. You're going to be at the Super Bowl, obviously. I assume they're going to oh. have. Oh. Oh. Hey, you're set. Oh. Your set is going to be, oh. Oh, baby. Oh, I bet Woo. you guys are going to have something delicious out there, huh? We'll see. I'm not so sure about the set where it is. Our show airs at 4 a.m. Pacific. Let's see how much money they're putting into our set. I, I'm not so sure about that, my friend. Oh, no. I had not thought of that. I, I mean, 4 a.m. is very early. I mean, there's 4 a.m. 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. Might as well plug it. We're going to be on. We're doing East Coast time. I'm actually excited. It'll be fun. But, like, I don't know if we're going to be out on the Santa Monica Pier at 4 a.m. Let's just say that. Uh, I would like to let everybody know we will be on Eastern time, too. We're not. We're going to do our thing. That's yeah. right. Are you really? What yeah. time are you guys doing? Well, 9 a.m. to 1.30-ish. 
Are, right. you, are you going to have guests? I know you're going to have like, here's Hall of Fame legend from the 1984 Cincinnati Bengals. Like, can I come on one day? No, <laughs> well, listen, we ain't doing no 1984. Cin- yeah. Maybe Cincinnati Bengals because they're back. Yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe, maybe Cincinnati Bengals because they're out there. But we're trying to figure that all out now and what we're going to do down there. Because FanDuel is, they have a uh, little real estate in the radio row, and it looks amazing. But also, I don't know what all the rules are going to be. Does the show quality dip because we're going to be in the, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's very, very know. interesting. It's very, very well, interesting. I don't know. I don't know COVID rules. I don't know guest rules. But two years ago, Miami, it was on, and then the pandemic hit. And I don't know what Super Bowl is like this year. I just know this: if you are having guests or if you're having a party, I will stand six feet apart from all of you. But I would love to hang in person. Okay, yeah, we'd love to have you. By the way, you need oh, to yeah. need to stop by. Need to see you. Need to chat with you in real life. We appreciate you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Emmy-nominated host of Good Morning Football, Fox Sports Football Insider, ladies and gentlemen, Peter Shaker. Thank you. <laughs> Joining us right now, a Super Bowl champion, college football national champion, Ryder Cup champion, COVID survivor, Aaron James Hawk. Yeah. What's up, dude? What's happening? How do uh, how do Shrakes do? Shrakes are good. Shrakes yeah, are good. Yeah. Pretty good. Spitting Shams. He talked about you mentioning. Uh, he called Sham Shams. He called mm-hmm. Sham Shams. Gave us a bunch of information. <laughs> Was and, he joking? Nope. No, no, no. no. He, we. He was on a run, actually. He was in the middle of it. So we didn't want to necessarily interrupt him. But also, hey, don't disrespect our guy like that. Come His on. name is Shams. We don't need people. He think- also said Stannis Lane. Yeah, yeah, and he, he also did. said, yeah, like, hey, hey, yeah. hey, Shams, we're not allowed to break the draft picks. Okay, we could all be doing that. Shams is what Schrager said, but he also said that he respects his work and he appreciates him. So I didn't know. There seemed to be a lot of <laughs> compliments, yeah. but it's the insider game. He did mention that he enjoyed your Alex Jones reference the other day. So shout out to your toxicity oh, getting okay. a pop from Peter Schrager. Oh, oh with Aaron. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thank you, Peter. What's your problem? What's your problem? You all right? I was trying to think when I made an Alex Jones comment. What do you mean? We do a lot of shows, man. Yeah, I know. We make a lot of comments. Believe me. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. People say, you remember when you said blah, blah, blah? I'm like... I'm going to have to check the tape. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to check the tape. I don't know if that's what I said. Oh, you did. You did. I'm like, really? Well, I, things never, have changed then. Never said yeah. that. Things have changed then since then because let's dive into some things that have changed. This Carson Wentz narrative is getting more and more interesting by the day. And I know we live in Indianapolis, and we're the only show really based around this area, and we're probably the only people other than Hard Knocks that talk about the Colts on a regular basis this particular season because the run that they were supposed to go on was going to be glorious. Chris Ballard had his presser, year-end presser here, that started like an hour and four minutes ago. A lot of quotes coming out basically about like, Hey, we made a decision at the time much different now. We embarrassed our city. We embarrassed our owner. We embarrassed our team. I think Jim Irsay is letting them know, like, hey, this is not acceptable. And I don't know if that's the case. I've not asked Jim Irsay if that's the case. But it feels like through Chris Ballard's tone or Chris Ballard legitimately pissed off that the roster he thought was a great one did not even get to the playoffs. I mean, don't you think Chris Ballard, like, absolutely is pissed off? I mean, he's getting heat from the owner. And Jim Irsay, I was thinking of him, too, because we went to that national championship game on Monday. It's at his stadium. He's there, what, hosting Peyton Manning? And, like, do you think Ursa can really even enjoy that that huge experience because it just got blasted by the Jags 18 hours before that? I think Jim Ursa has an ability to compartmentalize some stuff to have a good time, you know, and take in the moment and what it is. But I believe Peyton did allude to the fact that a lot of the conversation he's had with him has been about what happened, you know, with the Colts. And Ty brought this up last hour. The reminiscing, you know, 
Edrin James goes into the Hall of Fame. They're riding around in drop tops on 24s mm-hmm. and giving Bentleys. They're, re- they're running highlights of those teams, and Reggie's about to go in, and uh, Robert Mathis went into the Ring of Honor, and Freeney was around, and Vinatieri. It's like the glory days are happening, and Jim Irsay's fully invested again in the team around. He's getting more and more popular. I think people are starting to learn more about Jim Irsay, the human, as opposed to Jim Irsay, the narrative that they have heard for their entire life. There ain't no way he's necessarily thrilled that in Clanton, the Colts got knocked out. You know, like Jim, around here, and this is going to sound so like grandstanding, but it's real. This team hasn't been around for anywhere near the amount of generations that other teams have that have fan bases that travel incredibly and, you know, like four generations deep, like, hey, this city runs on the happiness of the Colts. But this city has a different thing. This city knows good football, has seen great football, and is used to great football. They once stunk. Then a guy came in from Tennessee, and an entire team came in, and they went on to have the winningest decade in NFL history, and that's when a lot of Indiana and Indianapolis became Colts fans. So then Luck comes in. Oh, here's another fucking baller, dude. And then he's out. And then all of a sudden now it's trying to figure it out. And we're paying $30 million, which is probably more than what they paid Peyton in some years. Yeah. And this guy's making this money, and he's out. It's like the expectations are real, and Ursay knows that. You know, Ursay has well, those expectations as well. Ursay has done a good job of doing that. So, yeah, you have Peyton Manning come in, completely change the whole franchise. Like, we're so used to the Colts being dominant for so long. And then they draft Andrew Luck, number one overall. And this dude is. It's like going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers almost, like how Andrew was, how great he truly could be. And then, obviously, the dude is so reckless and doesn't care about his body. He gets banged up just because he's playing. He's such a tough guy. But he is such a stud, and they had that. And I guess they're trying to figure that out now. Like, how do we get to a, a bridge person to our next Aaron Rodgers, our next Peyton Manning? How about just the thought of Jim Irsay saying to Peyton, Brother Pat talked about he sprained both of his ankles one play. <laughs> I've been around the game my entire life. I've never, I've never, and that's the most important position. I'm paying this guy thirty mm-hmm. fucking million dollars, yeah. and this guy's spraining both of his ankles on one throwaway play with Aaron Donald draped around him. You can be tough. You can be, you know, no play left behind. I think everybody respects that. But that is a microcosm of what everybody thinks about Carson Wentz. He's so reckless. Reckless with his body. Reckless with the ball. And whenever you have to call into those moments where he's got to find him and make the layups, it's like uh, nothing really feels like a given with him. And I, I don't know, you know, if – and you said the, the narrative on Carson Wentz is out. We've seen him. You said he stinks, basically. I don't know if he stinks because there are some moments where he looks unbelievable and he got a $100 million contract. So at some, But the greats, right, the greats are able to eliminate all that bullshit that makes you just sleep terribly at night whenever you think, oh, our franchise is in the hands of a guy who doesn't care, seem to care about his health at all whenever he's out there dying, doesn't really care about the ball, is going to make a play, but he is going to give us his all and his energy is high. It's like such a fascinating thing. And when you got a guy... You have to keep them. I think that is what is the narrative and the story of this whole thing. Well, and I think for me, I mean, a lot of Packers fans too, you get kind of brainwashed a little bit because I have been watching Favre and Rodgers for my entire life pretty much. And it's not that he stinks, but you just know, like, is is his best going to be able to win you a Super Bowl? I don't think it is. Well, and do you trust right. that in the Super Bowl or in one of those big games where defenses are the best in the league, they're flying around, there's a lot of film on you, you just got to be able to execute, is he going to be able to make that play and not, you know, just make... Uh, not we, turn it over is yes. the biggest thing. Like, you don't want him to turn it over. Yes, turnovers. An extra possession for somebody else in the playoffs 
is so big. Even if it's just jabbing, if they're sparring, like, hey, three and out, maybe a first down or two, and you punt it back, and you're doing the whole thing. As soon as you just give up one of those possessions, the tide turns. I mean, it is just a very natural thing, especially when you have, you know, the best in the game. With that being said, Tom Brady threw like three picks in that NFC Championship yeah. game against uh, the Packers, and he still won some. Yeah. Uh -huh. So you can get by with, I guess, quarterback play not being perfect. But I wonder if Chris Ballard, who's staring down probably some scrutiny from Jim, like, hey, you've built a great roster, but we need to get going. But what? If, hey, but don't you think Chris Ballard, too classy of a guy, would never do it because he's such a team guy? But Chris Ballard's like, hey, I, I gave you seven Pro Bowlers and a pretty solid roster. You would think we'd make the playoffs. So Chris Ballard could say, like, I, I'm not involved in football day to day. Now, obviously, he would never say that because he's he's a team guy, and, and team guys never would. But that has to be somewhat of the case, correct? Well, and this is when GMs and coaches start to yeah. – This is when it starts happening, right? When one outperforms the other, potentially. I'm not saying that is the case. Like the offense or defense. Like, hey, our offense is awesome, our defense sucks. Like, that, there can be some animosity when that happens. And, and by the way, if one person is tied to the other person and one person is maybe not holding up their end of the bargain, you could potentially see – in a position where there's only 32 of them with a lot of money on the line, that there's a little bit of a, hey, what the fuck is going on? But Frank and Chris have been very, very, like, I mean, almost unexpectedly amount of, hey, same chemistry, same syn uh, synergy. Hey, do you think they're on the same page when it comes to Carson Wentz? Seemed like, right, with what Frank said, the way the way Frank answered that, I'm not getting into one, I'll get into a bunch of else. Yeah. Feels like that was a PR that was a decision they made PR-wise. This is what we're going to talk about whenever this is asked. This is an easy answer. You don't want to get into this whole thing because Chris did the same thing. He said, I'm not going to get into every single player, but he, did, he didn't say anything glowing about Carson, which is kind of what Frank did. Yeah, but Ursay doesn't give a shit. Like, we're talking about these Peyton Manning teams. They won one Super Bowl. And at the end of the day, if you don't win the Super Bowl, who gives a shit how good your team is? Like, if Ballard and Frank are buddy-buddy and, you know, they're evaluating once. Schrager just came on here and said, Dan Jones, is going to have his job next year. How does that happen? Because there's no rookie quarterbacks. And look, Russell Wilson, yeah, sure, he might be up. Do the Colts have a first-round pick? Do they have players they want to trade? You can cut Wentz and, you know, pay $15 million, but are you bringing back Jacob fucking Eason to play quarterback? No, they're like, getting Aaron Rodgers. Sure, you're getting Aaron Rodgers. Aaron's going to go to Green Bay and come down to Indianapolis and he's, play without Aaron's Devontae Adams. Indianapolis. That's it, what he's doing. They're in a terrible position. Like, no wonder he's embarrassed. He knows how hard it is to win a Super Bowl. They have seven goddamn Pro Bowlers, and they don't have Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning only went to two, right? And, and, they, and they didn't make the playoffs. And they didn't make the playoffs. So, I mean, we can talk about they're how dead, great the dude, team is. They dead. are dead. And how awesome the Peyton Manning time was and reminiscing. They only reminisce about how many more Super Bowls they should have won, not uh, on how no, good you, the goddamn teams were. You've never been in that reminisce room. I have. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I have. And Ursay promised two Super Bowls this decade, and Peyton Manning isn't walking through the fucking door. Well, we can hope Andrew Luck is, though, because he was back in the stadium. Yeah, sure. That's right. Need to get him on a workout program. Is Andrew Luck better than Peyton Manning? <laughs> Man, how awesome would that be? If we saw Andrew like two months from now and he looks like he put on 15 pounds of muscle, I'm like, wait, we floated a rumor out there he's coming back to the Colts. That has happened. Yeah. I've seen Andrew Luck. I've seen Andrew Luck. 150 maybe 170 looking like right on a bike very very small <laughs> and then we see a picture of him like four months later and he is the most yoked specimen of all time like he, he, when he is full hey i'm gonna probably eat 15 tackles today i'm probably gonna get beat up 
He is an avatar of oh, a man. Yeah. I mean, Drum he alone is. sandwiches, Paul. No. 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 Really? What are you talking about? He's natural build, dude. He, he was towering over RG3 at that championship. He's yeah. an yeah. ox. He's in huge. The, huge. He gets is on a good ox. program. His head is gigantic. Yeah. He's a big human. He is. And he used to be able to move so fast. And so he was a dude. And we talked to Schrager about this with Yushchek, uh, you know, being a Harvard guy. And there's this, yeah. This, yeah I mean, yo. Yoked, dude. <laughs> Just fucking yoked, bro. Yeah. Helmet on, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is he retired? Protected. Is he retired here? Most valuable. No, asset. this was when he was still in the league, I believe. Jeez. Yeah. I think, was this, this was before the, the season before he retired, yeah. I think, because we saw a picture like two months or three months before that, and it looked like he weighed 170, yeah. and then we saw this, and it was like, oh, oh Andrew's going to win the MVP. Oh, he's, he's all the way back. He's yeah. loving ball. This guy loves to be working out, and he's all the way in. I just I'm intrigued by it all because the super smart dudes like Andrew, Andrew has disappeared completely. There's been speculation, but there has seemed to be no short of happiness in Andrew Luck's life from anybody that you've talked to that talks to him. It's like, oh, he's loving life. He has a family. He's out in the middle of nowhere. Then he shows up at a football camp. It's like, well, is he missing? Mm. Is he missing a game mm. a little bit? Getting back out there, throwing the ball. You know what? This is still fun. And the salary cap's at two hundred and fucking two million. You automatically go like, maybe he's thinking about it. Maybe he is thinking about it. Then he just disappeared again. By the way, for two months, didn't see him again until he's going into the College Football Hall of Fame with an incredible mustache. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely incredible mustache. And seemed to be very happy. And there has been zero conversations at all that he's coming back into football or looks like he's coming back into football. I have the utmost respect for somebody that can just flip the switch and then flip it off as well and be like, nah. I ain't doing it. I'm moving on. I'm one of the best engineers on earth if I really wanted to be. This is not a problem at all. Is it engineer or architect? Yeah, sorry, architect. Either one. Probably the same. He probably both. No, so no, he, architect, architect. I think, oh, I think architect's but, architect. Uh, well, but not which all. One? Not all. Is not this a square all. rectangle thing? Kind of. An engineering of architecture. I believe he was an engineer major for, from Stanford. Mm, I, mean, no, I think he was an architect. Yeah, he's an architect. <laughs> I think he's an architect. But there might have been architectural engineering. Yeah. There it is. Holy shit, we're all right. Cheers to us, dude. Cheers. Cheers Cheers to Andrew, by the way. That's a lot. That's a lot for his brain to take on. It is architect design. Well, architect. While also making it into the College Football Hall of Fame for how he played football. He was able to do all that shit while also playing football. Finished his degree, missed some OTAs, came back, knew more of the playbook than everybody else. That is awesome. You know, good for him. Just good for a brain on that guy. He also happens to be an engineering major. Boom. Okay. Oh, all right. Wow. So we were all right. We were all right. Okay. So he knocked out an engineering degree, an architectural degree, almost won a Heisman, number one overall pick, College Football Hall of Fame. That is a next level. That is a next level human being. Zito, I understand you're trying to prove you were right. No, I assume that, college. Though. I assume Diggs <laughs> could do the same thing with no, what it's he engineering just engineering college. Oh, it's in, with any engineer. Yes. So yeah. square rectangle. Yes. Yeah. So all architects are engineers. Yes. Not all engineers are architects. So it is. Yep. Nice. Thank you, Zito. We did it. That's why we did it. Yep. Oh, right there on top. Yep. Let's go! Look at us. Good work, Zito. I feel like we're very smart. I feel like we're very intelligent. Not as smart as Andrew Luck, though. True. Which gets us back to the entire point of this thing. If he was to just come back and play football here in Indianapolis, Jim would put a statue up right next to Peyton's. Hey, thanks for coming back, dude. We fucking need you. And he was at the... I don't know if he was in the suite. I never... you know, stop by Ursa Suite. Mm-hmm. I don't think we were invited, but it seemed like everybody else that played for the Colts was. And Andrew was in there. Peyton was in there. Mm-hmm. Jim's in there. Right. Is there a little bit of a 
We could start that rumor right now. Jimmy from the Colts maybe yeah. stopped by and said, hey. You think the four families sat down together and reached an agreement? You think that the Ursays, the Mannings, the Lux, and uh, whoever else was in there Correct. sat down at a round table while the boys of the George Bulldogs were living yeah. out a dream in Indianapolis. 80% of their fans were there. 20% of Alabama fans were there. That was really a dog walk there in the second half late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You playing football again or what? We got we can start this fucking exercise and dieting program right now. You look way too small, obviously. Yeah. We're going to have yeah. to put some weight on you. I don't know. That'd be crazy. And I think that's the only way, right? Who do the Colts get? Nobody. It's, it's a nice a fantasy point. to say Aaron Great Rodgers. point Connor brings up. Don't you think, Pat? Like, it's true. Like, all right, when we say we want to fire coaches all the time, college coaches especially, okay, cool, you want to fire them? Do you have, like, two or three other candidates that you think are better suited for this gig? Like, that's kind of the deal with the Colts. It does sound like they're ready to move on from Carson, though. And I think, like, the thing about everything is when you question something and you don't have the answer, the immediate response is, oh, that's nice. You have no, you have no actual things that can fix the problem. You just have a problem. And in this particular case... I guess with what everybody has been telling us, we should have been thinking that. And by we, I mean me. If we do move on from Carson or Frank, who are we get? Who who, yeah. who who are we getting? That's probably what Jim's doing right now in his office with his guitars and drums yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> realizing they have nobody. And even for luck, like it is impressive you can turn that switch on and off. Peyton Manning watches Monday Night Football, and he's basically playing in the game. Like the difference Pissed. between luck and Peyton and those guys is that they can never turn the switch off. Like they only are the most co- competitive and want to win more than anything. Like Andrew Luck was great, absolutely, but he went to one AFC Championship game, and you guys got fucking smoked. Like uh, uh, the balls are flat. Uh, yeah, of course, the balls are flat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Flat. I'm not trying to be a prick. Right. Just, yeah, they were, honestly, they were, they were. I mean, I didn't feel got the, the doors balls, beating off, but I do believe you know. Yeah, I mean, I was rookie too. That was rookie Andrew. Yeah. Very good. I mean, that's rookie quarterback going in Foxborough against a team that was using deflated balls. And, uh, sure, sure. And the weather was being controlled that night as well. I thought a blizzard was coming, and then all of a sudden it was rain and wind yeah. and warm. But Colts players did say, you know, probably could have got beaten with a beach ball. But, again, either way. Well, what Colts player said that? Uh, this doesn't sound like a concerned citizen of Indianapolis. No, yeah, no. you wrote your little letter. Well, I'm not concerned because he responded, and they're embarrassed. And they he did write a letter back, by the way. Hey, he did write a letter back. <laughs> yeah. Jim did write a letter yeah. back. This guy said Andrew doesn't love ball. That's what he said. No, nah, he, he loves re- it in a different fashion. We talked about this earlier. We talked about this earlier. Yeah, there's different levels of in how people love ball. And I think Herb Street. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He uh-huh. jumped right into that the other day. Oh, yeah. But I think Andrew enjoys football. I think he enjoyed football the game. I think he enjoyed What a big it. story that would be if he came oh. back. Jeez. I mean, it can, get, it can get teased every single month. I'm just month. saying it because I want him to somehow get wind of it and be like, oh, you know, start doing push-ups or something. Yeah. I, you know, I, can, I can put on 20 pounds in 30 days. See, I wonder Absolutely. if Andrew heard us talking about it, that he actually would go the other way. He goes, oh, wait, I'm going to fast for the next 40 days. Wait till they see me the next time. Uh-huh. You know, like that, that type awesome of... Too. I would respect that more. Like, yeah, what's his name? me too. I would respect that a lot more too. And like, maybe that's why he did show up looking the way he did. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to have anybody. Give me the smallest shirt we got. <laughs> yeah. I don't want anybody to even think that I'm doing. You know, Did his body transform a lot when you play with him? So he would just go from whenever he would get yoked up, it was yeah. like, holy shit, this dude is huge. But I think he was like that his entire when I was with him, his entire career. Then there was the injuries that happened where in the offseason he'd be training and going through that entire thing and then he would come back. It was just He's just a specimen of a guy. I think he could put on weight pretty quick. Gronk said he could put on like 30 pounds oh, yeah. or something yeah. in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. You give me like 17 days, I could probably put on about, I don't know, 17, 18 pounds of muscle. Or I could do. Oh, well, muscle. Muscle, 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 muscle. 
I, I put on 16 over that uh, four-day break oh, we yeah, had. That's right. Awesome. Uh-huh. It's easy. It was awesome. Very you really awesome. put on 16 pounds? Yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was pretty cool. I was up to 260-something. It's good to be there. What's up, dude? What are you waiting now? You look good. No, no, no. Not great. I'm not there yet. I had a bad couple of days here. I was at the RV Expo yesterday. I had corn dog. Yeah. What? I had one corn dog. Well, I had what? pretzel. What? what? Yeah, I did that whole thing. They had a cherry. Oh, pretzel's good. They had a oh, cherry yeah. Coke option there. So. Oh, gimme. Get it? I did not pass, actually. Uh, really? No. Wild cherry Pepsi you would have taken, though. No, see, that stinks. What? That absolutely stinks. Let's talk about some other stuff going on in the NFL here before Jordan Poyer joins us of the Buffalo Bills. Number one defense in the NFL, zero pro bowlers. First time that has happened since 2012. Cannot wait to chat with him about his feelings on the people that are making a lot of these decisions for awards and how the Bills feel going into the trilogy against the Patriots for this big playoff super same-game parlay holiday weekend. Big Ben Roethlisberger cut a promo talking about how terrible the Pittsburgh Steelers are, and I loved every second of it. This is one of the most Ben Roethlisberger moments in the history of Ben Roethlisberger. I don't want to say he was self-handicapping times 10, but he did become an MD of self-handicapping in this particular promo that he cut about the playoffs and what he's saying to the boys in the locker room. We haven't discussed it, but I think, um, you know, I would assume as a group you understand that, you know, we probably aren't supposed to be here. We're probably not a very good football team. We're the – out of 14 teams I think are in, we're probably number 14. Sounds um, like gigs. We're double-digit underdog in the playoffs. So let's just go play and have fun and see what happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're probably 20-point underdogs, and we're going to the number one, te- the number one team that's – I know they're not the number one seed, but they're the number one team that's won the AFC the last two years. Um, arguably the best team in football. Um, we don't have a chance. So let's just go in and play and have fun. Hey, boys, honestly, nobody expects shit from us. No. We're dying. What? We're going to lose 30, 40 points? Right. It was double digits, and then it was 20, he said, in the same answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was getting. if they would have asked him one more time, that thing's probably 25, 30. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, we're, we're supposed to get our asses beat out there. I love good self-handicapping Ben Rawls, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, Savage. I love it's that. scary. It's a scary team, isn't it? A team that's playing with nothing to lose. It's like they tell you when you're a kid, don't ever fight somebody with nothing to lose. Like They'll, they'll take you to the death. <laughs> yeah, because – you know, they don't care is what it yeah. seems like. They know they shouldn't be there. It's house money. How you doing? Keep it moving. They're in the playoffs. The Colts aren't. <laughs> How do you think the game goes? How do I think? I don't know. Everybody in here is putting like $5,000 on Steelers money line. Yeah. After Ben Roethlisberger it's does worth a shot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's big <laughs> odds. There's massive odds on that. I haven't really, uh, I haven't thought about that game because I've been trying to put our yeah. same game holiday. holiday. Yeah. Energy together for the Eagles Bucks game. But that Steelers Chiefs game. He's certainly fascinating. 12 and a half is a lot of points for a playoff game, but could the Chiefs turn into the Chiefs of old whenever they just become a buzzsaw whenever they want? The answer is yes. Will Jackson Mahomes be on the field? Mm. These are things yes, that we he would... will. Oh, yeah. Playoffs? playoffs? Oh, same game parlay holiday weekend? Oh, my. Yeah. That Mahomes is going <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm so excited to watch and see who shows up and who doesn't. Pittsburgh Steelers always have a great defense, which is why they can be in any game. Speaking of great defenses, number one in scoring defense, number one in total defense, zero pro bowlers because they stink individually. Ladies and gentlemen, the highest rated pass defensive Safety in the NFL, minimum of at least 35 attempts, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Poyer. Yeah! 
Hey, you guys, appreciate you guys for having me. That was a hell of an intro, too. Hey, thank you. You stink, dude. No pro bowlers <laughs> in that defensive meeting room. Number one total defense. I think the lack of respect for what you guys uh, have been able to accomplish on the defensive side of the ball, not only as a team, but specifically on the defense, just continues. And I know you hear all of it. Why do you think it happens? What do you, what do you think it is? Just because you're up in Buffalo? I don't know, man. I don't know. It is what it is. Probably, I mean, you know. I don't know. You tell me. You tell me. You, I mean, golly, I have zero. I have zero idea. It's un, it's, it's kind of unreal to think about it. But you know, we just keep our head down, keep working, uh, use it as fuel, use it as energy. People think that's corny or whatever, but you know, it is what it is. Go ahead, hey, sorry, Pat was was trying to. You had a, some kind of sound going on behind you. Pat was trying to, I think, get into some rhythm there. Are you guys working right now? We are, are we out at work right now? We got what? Oh, no. Jeez. Can you hear us? Is it our side? I can or hear you. I can hear you. I can okay. hear you all right. Did you, is this a full work day today for you guys? Yeah, yeah it is. A, it's a full work day for us. We got. I don't know what the hell they got going on. <laughs> <laughs> Trucks moving or something like that. That's probably what you heard in the background noise. I'm sorry. Hey, can you be quiet? I'm on the interview right here. Yeah. <laughs> now tell them, hey, they got to do what they got to do. We do not want to be a part of the blame of why you guys either succeed or lose. We don't want any of that. Go ahead, AJ. <laughs> Jordan, do you guys care? Like, obviously, third time playing these guys in a, in a short amount of time. Do you care what they do? Like, does, does it matter to you offensively what they do? Are you worried about them coming, showing stuff they may have not shown before? Like, wh where's your mindset on defense? Yeah, I think they're going to have, they'll probably have some wrinkles that they haven't shown us. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, seeing a team, this will be the third time that we played them, um, obviously, in the year. Um, you know, neither one of those games really mean anything uh, when you think about it. Uh, they beat us at home, we beat them at home. Um, both extremely hungry, extremely hungry teams. We both know each other extremely well, um, so you know we'll probably see some some sort of wrinkle. Uh, but understand, we, you know, we got to go out there and execute. Um, we got to go out there and play well. They're coming in hungry. We're coming in hungry. It's a playoff game in Buffalo, New York. I mean, as, as NFL fans, what else you what else you want? You know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a pretty crazy atmosphere. Yeah, we can't wait to watch it. The Bildos will be flying, of course, and you need to stay away from those because we don't know about this Omicron yeah. or anything like that that are flying around on those Bildos. But whenever you think about Super Wild Card Weekend and the fact that it is the playoffs, and if you lose, obviously you're done. The finality of the thing is so quick. You guys are going to be judged. Last year you got a playoff win over the Colts, and then you lost. Your entire season is going to come down to how you do in the playoffs on the overall grand scheme of judgment. Even though none of you made the Pro Bowl, which is a bunch of bullshit, your team is being heralded as this is the Bills team, like, hey, we're going to go on a run here. Is that something you guys think about, talk about, or is it just, hey, we got to do what we've been doing all season and just keep getting better? 100%. You know, that's kind of that's kind of cliche, exactly what it is. You know, we got to all season, um, understand, you know, who we are as a team, um, and, you know, we don't back down for nobody. You know, we understand what type of game this is going to be. Um, you know, all that outside noise is, is, is hearsay. And, and, you know, obviously you hear that you can't, especially this time of year, man. There's so much outside noise. Um, you've been in the playoffs, so much outside noise. You got to figure out ways to block it out and be able to go out there and execute. And, and we had a hell of a week of practice this week, man. We're extremely excited for the opportunity to go out there and play in, in a game that'll be, <laughs> that'll go down in history. You know, it's going to be one of the legendary games, you know, Monday, uh, Saturday night. Bills Patriots. I heard you guys talking about it. You guys are excited as hell, too. I heard you all the other day talking about it so well we're thinking about trying to get a plane actually to get it there because of how it's going to be awesome i mean bill's mafia yeah, i got a couple sweet tickets if you need if you need if you need if you need we'll talk about you know say if you, if you need I Okay, we got to recall you back to reset the connection. Ah, that is not good. This is not good. I just got uh, off for tickets. No. Yeah, shit. So now if I don't is go, it's on me. Is there a window on that suite? Because the high is three. 
No, no, we want to be outside. We want yeah. onesies, overalls. Oh, okay. uh-huh. Yeah, we want the full thing. Feel that AJ's air. coming in. Yep. What? Oh, you build it. Yeah. Yeah. What? Is that what I'm throwing? Throwing buildos? No, I was talking about the good energy. Good vibes. Oh, yeah, you're talking good vibes. It's good energy. You know what I mean? I thought you talking about how you throwing his poop. What's that, dude? What, are you shaking it? Yeah, I don't know. I, I seen the armadillo one time, and I assume it could become the armadillo. That thing was wall to wall at one particular place I oh, walked yeah. into. And I congratulated whoever had accomplished that feat, but <laughs> I never got an answer on who it was. There's no wall of fame, but I did see it and go, holy shit, there's some people into some interesting shit in this world. That Bill's Mafia being spotlighted on Saturday night is going to be spectacular. And uh, Jordan's bad boy, Jordan. Hey, I'm, bad. I'm bad. I'm sorry. The Wi-Fi, I don't know what happened. No, you're in Buffalo. I mean, we're in yeah. Indiana. It's probably our fault, too. I mean, who knows? how it all goes how has the buzz been i mean you've mentioned it a couple times now and i think we all are looking forward to it slowly as we continue to think about it here bill's mafia we assume there's going to be snow it's going to be on prime time have you guys talked about how electrifying that stadium is going to be in meetings or in the locker room or anything like that yeah just amongst ourselves you know we we understand the bill's mafia has been waiting a long time for this for this moment right here um you know, obviously, understanding the circumstances is actually going. It's absolutely going to be electric. There's RVs been parked out there all week, ready, ready to go. You know, they, they the Bills Mafia is excited for this, um, and and like I said, it's going to be one of those nights that you know, them legendary NFL nights, man. Bills versus Patriots on Saturday night. Okay, so let's dive it. We can't wait for it. And thank you for the offer. I might actually have to fly up there. I mean, <laughs> that'd be electrifying. We'll see what's hey, on. Hey. It's very nice of you. I, listen, sweet yeah, tickets are expensive. Playoffs, too, in Buffalo? Yeah. Oh, I mean, that would be amazing. But let's talk a little bit about, you know, you're in the middle of your work week right now, and we appreciate you taking time here. Uh, no Wi-Fi, trucks in the back. We don't care. We're appreciative that you stopped by. From Mac Jones, the first time you really watched him on film, to the second time, to now, have you seen actual growth in the rookie quarterback? And is that something that you guys have to, like, actually fully invest in because it's a new player, a new opponent, and everything? you don't have a lot of film on him? Yeah, I think as he's gone throughout the season, his confidence has gotten a lot better. His, uh, his ability to manage that offense has gotten a lot stronger. Um, and, you know, he's a really good football player. He's smart, um, you know, and he can make, he, you know, he can make all the throws. Uh, you know, we're gonna have to play well. We're gonna have to play well. They got really extremely good offensive line, really good running backs um, that come downhill. So, uh, like you said, it's a it's a cold weather game. You know, I think single digits is gonna be. So the ball is gonna be a little bit hard, it'll be a little bit slick. You know, it could change the game plan, could change the, the way the game's called. Um, so we're gonna have to be prepared for everything. You know, um, and so they got some really good players. Hey, does that help defense players. or offense? Cold. Cold as hell. Does that help defense or offense? Because I know a lot of people say, those Florida boys on defense, it gets cold. That ain't the way. That ain't the way the whole thing goes. Like, I know that is a, <laughs> that is a statement that is said, I, I think. Do you think it helps or hurts the, the defense if it's cold? I mean, Buffalo is much different. But in normal football, you think? Uh, you know, I think you could, it, could, it could be a little bit of both ways. Um, I, you, know, you know, the football is extremely hard. You know, as a kicker. I guess, you know, how would you like the ball is extremely hard. It's cold. You know, that's the same way, you know, quarterbacks throwing the ball, running backs hanging on to the football. You know, it's a, it's, it's kind of the same same thing. So definitely think it makes it a little harder on the offense. Um, you know, obviously as a defense, you, you come in thinking that you'll be able to, you know, try to try to force more takeaways because the ball's a little bit more slick, a little bit more cold. So, um, you know, just coming in with the right mindset this weekend, man. We got to come in with the right mindset, uh, ready to play, ready to execute. 
how excited are you guys to watch your offense and Josh Allen play? Like, I feel like, especially if you guys get rolling in the playoffs, this is really going to be fun to watch. Like, how athletic – I think people underestimate how athletic he really is. Obviously, he can he can sling the ball, but is your offense – like, I would assume their confidence seems to be at an all-time high too. Yeah, I mean, I get I get so excited when our offense goes out there. I get a front-row seat to watch Josh Allen and, and Stephon Diggs go to work every single week. I mean, it's absolutely crazy to see the kind of stuff – Josh is able to do. I think you know last week when he uh, he was basically falling off of a tackle and he made a sidearm throw to Diggs in the end zone. I mean it was just unbelievable. Um, you know some of the things he's able to do. So yeah, I'm excited to see. And you know it's been so cool to see Josh's growth since he came into the league and even to now. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see our offense go to work. Uh, this is def- definitely going to be a team effort. Team effort win. Uh, you know we got to come ready to play. Hey, he's big, some bitch, huh? He's a big. <laughs> <laughs> he's big. He's big as hell. Yeah, yeah. And he, I mean, he runs fast as shit too. So, I mean, he's a hard dude to bring down. I'm, I'm extremely happy he's on our team because I see some of the stuff he does, and I'm just like, man, like, I mean, how do you stop it? Um, you know, there's not really many answers you have. Hey, they were running like powers with him too a couple games ago. Oh, yeah. It's like, I, yeah, because he, he's the size yeah. of a defensive end too, right? He right. like has that Cam right. Newton like presence yeah. at quarterback, right? Yeah, a lot of a lot of quarterback runs with him. I mean, why not? You know. And that's I don't like I don't like seeing him take some of the hits, but he's so damn big, like he just be bouncing off of him. I'm like, okay, Josh, good shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay together. Yeah, stay in one piece. But let's keep running these people over. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, Jordan, I'm a big weather guy, so all week I've been thinking about that temperature that you mentioned earlier. Have you been sleeping outside at night to get acclimated to it? Are you guys been freezing the balls? Have you been practicing outside? How how are we getting prepared for Saturday night? We practice outside, uh, freezing the balls. Um, you know, I'll go outside for about 10 minutes every night and just kind of hang nice. out just to kind of get acclimated. Because it's, I mean, it's, at nighttime, it's freezing out here. You know, it's its so dang cold. So the temperature definitely drops in the, you know, in the high, high, or, uh, you know, high teens, uh, single digits. And so I'm you know, just trying to get acclimated. So going out there on, on Saturday night's not the first time that I breathe that cold, you know, one degree air. Because you don't really get that a whole lot in a lot of places. Do you go full, do you go full sleeves or are you... Look. We were talking about that earlier this week because, you know, guys, I guess back in the day, it used to be a thing to where if you wore sleeves, you were definitely considered, you know, soft. I guess a bitch or whatever, yeah. soft, whatever you want to call it. But, ah, dang, bro. I mean, I'd rather stay warm. You can know? <laughs> <laughs> call me a bitch like you want. I might have them sleeves on this weekend. Look, I'm going to stay warm. <laughs> I was one of those as well. I debunked that. I debunked that the entire time, and I was just yeah, punter kicker, no so way. nobody really cared. But I had friends that were offensive linemen and stuff. They're like, you putting sleeves on? I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> what are we even? You're from Pittsburgh, man. You're from Pittsburgh. You're supposed to like I, right. Fuck that, dude. Yeah. Fuck I, that. I, I, I don't know. Warm. Yeah. Can you toughen my skin up? I don't, right. You want me to get mentally what tough? Is, right. Yeah. Come I don't know. That ain't happening. It's not happening. You going to wear the grease uh, on the <laughs> sleeves, too, like the uh, to cut the wind I- that they have there? I never was a big fan of the grease. I, I tried it one time, and I just I didn't see any difference other than I just looked like a big mother effer out there on the field. <laughs> Yo. No, that grease it gives you an extra three, four pounds, so you kind of look real swole out there on the field. Hey, how's the so, body? You do throw. It's good. You hit a lot. You, you, is the body okay? <laughs> this is 17-game yeah. season, so this is the first uh, time. It's definitely been a grind for sure. It's a grind for sure. You know, the extra game definitely is a grind. But uh, body's been actually holding up extremely well. You know, I feel like I've usually, you know, found ways, especially now that I'm year nine, to find ways to take different ways to take care of your body to, to stay healthy and be ready by Sunday. Um, I mean, but you know how it is. This, this thing's a grind, man. It really, it really doesn't matter how you feel. You got to go out there and still 
still be a thing on Sunday. So that's just what it is. Well, Saturday, Jesus, come on. Saturday. Yeah, yeah well, gee, I, I mean, you do. Hey, Sunday, Saturday, though, you probably change the entire schedule. I get it, football. Uh, but we yeah. appreciate you, man. Good luck on Saturday. I will definitely hit you up here in a little bit. It'll be Let me know. Let me know. Let me know. I got a great family. They'll be in there hanging out. So, yeah, they'll, they'll, they would love you. They would, love, they would love to have you and AJ. Come on out. Oh, AJ. Hey, AJ. Hey, hey, we appreciate you. Good luck this weekend. Yeah. I would like to introduce you, you know, on the way out here as Pro Bowler, but. <laughs> mm, man. You guys' All team right. stinks, dude. You guys got no Pro Bowlers. <laughs> It's embarrassing, isn't it? Hey, first time since 2012. The first time since 2012. Then how did it happen in 2012? And then how did it happen again is the big question. It's it's under. It's like Aaron came out the other day with that whole Habarkush situation. And then Lombardi came on afterwards, his longtime GM and coach. He's like, this entire system of awards is flawed. There, And we just need to recognize that. And when we empower these awards that we question how it's even making there, we kind of build up this shit. I assume that it doesn't, like at your core, you wish you were getting recognized, but it probably just pisses you off more and motivates you more to continue to play. If your teammates love you, who cares? Exactly. You said it. You hit it on the nail. I ain't even got to be headhunting. Yeah, you, you guys are all going to be headhunting Saturday night for sure. Yes, yeah. sir. Rydell. Rydell. Yes, sir. Yeah, earn a little respect. Hey, earn a little respect. You <laughs> fucking Patriots fans, oh, get oh, the hell out of here. Oh, he's ran is, is that a... Oh, he's... Okay. Okay. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling the team you're head Jordan. It didn't pan him out earlier. Hey, to hell with that guy. I didn't want him to ask a question. I didn't want to put any bad vibes in here, but I mean, he's in here. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. It's all good. Ladies it's and gentlemen, good. Buffalo Bill safety, Jordan Boyd. Thank you. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users users FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sports book going for a lot of reasons most of them what I just said uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel obviously there are so many different ways to win there's more things to bet on their boosts seem to always hit which is just fucking themselves over time and time again uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook and you will too if you haven't used it yet use it nah also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. From an attic in Ohio, just a little bit of a news break to keep everybody updated. Maybe that isn't following along as closely to, to the A-B watch as maybe some of us are. Uh, just yesterday, he was in a room uh, sitting next to Floyd Mayweather, who was sitting next to Madonna, who was sitting next to Kanye West, who was sitting next to his new uh, girlfriend, Julia. It appears as if they were having some sort of house party. Mm. There is a Drake song playing in the background. Antonio Brown was with Will I Am. He's with Kanye. He's uh, out there with Madonna and Floyd. AB is about to drop a fucking heater. Yeah. And we all just need to be ready for her. He's not from the pit in the from palace. He's from the pit, not the, the palace. palace. Everybody, everybody hears just a little bit of that. Wait until you hear what this room creates. Oh. Is that Madonna right there in the white? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, she's getting it. Floyd, you know, I think Floyd did have some questions on why he was in the room at numerous times throughout the evening. Uh-huh. Why am I here? But also having a good time. How did and, this come together is the other question. Well, these are a lot of questions. I mean, immediately watching this video, you have to ask, is this for a music video? Is this just them hanging out saying, hey. Kanye looks happy. Oh, no, he's smiling there. Kanye's having a time. They're all wearing gloves. Yep. I mean, they're, they're just, <laughs> there's a lot of, you know, it's awesome. I don't know if I'll ever be invited to one of these. I little... wish that had been you. I wish we panned left and you're right next to AB and you're wearing <laughs> yeah. black leather gloves. So we actually talked about that earlier. Yeah. Like, this is the type of thing that I would somehow get invited to. Hey, and actually, bet. quick, sorry to cut you off. Uh, I know you superimposed yourself into that James Harden uh, clip. You need to put yourself in this. On yeah. Oh. oh, yeah, Zito. Thank you, pal. Yeah. Zito is, that is straight out of the Zito playbook. Zito is very good at that. We appreciate that. Uh, but this is something that I would happen to mosey into somehow and just be like, okay, let's start painting. Madonna is sitting next to Floyd Mayweather, <laughs> who's next to uh, Antonio Brown. And by the way, Kanye West is here yeah. with Julia Fox, who used to be something with Pete Davidson, who's now dating Kanye's ex-wife, who's legally single. I mean, this world is hysterical. And he's got to kind of take it all in. Who's shooting this? Who's shooting this? Yeah, you know, I'm, uh, is that Danny Boy? It could is be. that oh, Boy Hustle hard? hard. <laughs> hey, Cheeks! Hey, Cheeks! Talk to him. What if it is Lebanon D out there, dude? We have no idea, but I can't wait to hear more of the trip that Antonio Brown is out in L.A. for. I assume he's going to make a fucking smash, oh. and I cannot wait to hear it. I'm just happy he got out of New York. I thought he would never get out of New York. You've seen Julia's work, Uncut Gems. She's uh, Sandler's girlfriend in that movie. Yeah. Oh, that's who it is? Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. who that is, yeah. So through Uncut Gems, it was hard for me not to just be like, dude, just sell the shit and get out of debt mm-hmm. the yeah. whole time. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So it was hard to like feel the bad for him because it's like, hey, just, just, uh, but he had a problem. Okay. He that's ran right. in the wrong group of people and no spoilers, but it does not end well. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it does not end well at the end of that whole thing, but I think Did I you have, like that? Huh? Did you like the movie? Well, I was actually being judged. That's while. all I need to know. That's all I need. The, the pause is all I need to hear. <laughs> I'm a Sandler I guy. I, I liked it. I didn't. It didn't blow my socks off. Like a lot of people act like it was. They were a new person after watching. Yeah. Well, that's because Adam Sandler was fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. All of a sudden. Right. You know, this wasn't uh-huh. a Happy Madison production. Mm-hmm. He was a hired gun to play that role, and he absolutely crushed it. So I think, as a Sandman fan, I was pumped for him. Mm-hmm. You know, getting to dive into a little bit deeper roles and characters, and somebody else wanted him in the movie, but also. I think I wish it was a Happy Madison production. Yeah, you know, I, I think <laughs> it would have been a little bit better. Joining us now is a man who is living his fucking best life. He's just on the slopes two days ago with Dana. Oh, mm-hmm. Fresh mouth. And by the way, the, the ski looked amazing. I mean, Ooh. wide open mountain. He probably Ooh. had a log cabin at the top of the mountain. First track. Probably his own lit. I mean, it was unbelievable. A guy with so much information, and we can't wait to learn more about the life that has been lived by this legendary coach, ladies and gentlemen, Chuck Pagano. Hey, Chuck! Chuck, what up, dude? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Chuck. Right here. Chuck, right here, dude. What up, guys? Hey, how was that ski? How, how was it up there on the mountains? Look like you guys were having a blast. Oh, we had so much fun. I think 30-plus years uh, for Tina and I, since we've been on the uh, – had a set of skis on and been on the hill. So we're a little bit nervous. Stayed on the uh, the small chair, stayed on the bunny slopes. But uh, we, we had a blast. Is that something you guys are going to get into? It looked like I, – I thought you guys were just regulars. You know, uh, I got some photos from you. Thank you for sharing. I love that, living vicariously through you and Tina, living your best lives right now. Looked like you were naturals. Was it not the case? You guys were right back in there like, let's go to the purple diamond uh, triple threat thing. Double yeah, yeah. Let's go right up the there. Vogels. 
I couldn't I couldn't talk her into uh, we were on the greens, you know, and so they have blue, and then of course you know they got the black square, and then the black diamonds and the double black diamonds, and we were on the little slope and doing really well, and we both grew up on skis, so it's kind of like riding a bike. Once you you know get get your ski legs underneath you, so to speak, um, you know it came back pretty quick. But I couldn't talk her into getting on a different chair and, and going a little bit higher up the mountain and probably probably the smartest thing we did you no know? especially with your peloton legs oh. now you got new legs for that knowledge that you have on the skis it's just like riding a bike i thought maybe we'd see you on like a cliff you know yeah. what I, mean? I thought maybe that was what the video was coming next uh we're happy you're alive we're happy you're enjoying life and we're happy you're joining us right now let's talk about what's going on in the coaching world the chicago bears are interviewing like 400 people for their head coaching job uh joe judge just got fired on a tuesday who knows how that's going to go they're hiring the gm first Whenever you're a coach that's doing these interviews, and I know yours is different because of what happened with Baltimore to Indianapolis, and you know you've told us that story. But what are you trying to showcase in, to these owners? What is it you got to have a game plan going into these interviews? You think like who's most likely to get these gigs? Because we chatted about McVeigh doing an interview, and then like Jim Caldwell doing an interview immediately afterwards. Do you just have to be yourself, or what do you think these guys' mindsets are going in? Yeah, I think number one is is you got to be yourself because whatever you've done to this point has caught the attention and the eye uh, of these of these clubs and and owners and GMs if they have GMs. So just you know be yourself, and then I think you just be prepared to answer uh, any and and all questions that uh, that could possibly you know come up. I mean, obviously it's an opportunity for them uh, initially just to get a feel for you uh, as a, as a human being. Um, what your philosophy is, um, leadership qualities. Uh, you can get into schematics, uh, roster uh, mechanics. You know, building a roster, um, your yearly calendar. You know, so really, you got to be prepared. You know, A to Z on any possible question uh, that can come up. You know, it. You know, it's it's crazy the things you know, that, that, you know, you get asked and can come up. And like on my interview in, in Indy, you know, towards the very end of it, uh, legal counsel came in, Dan Emerson, and he says, um, got asked this question, but have you had any, you know, legal problems ever? Have you ever, you know, whatever? And I said, well, it depends on how far back you're going to check, you know. <laughs> so, you know, so you got to be prepared uh, for anything uh, and everything. A lot of posturing going on. You see a lot of the same names, you know, coming up at a lot of the same uh, places. And I think that's just, you know, again, whether there's a GM in place, um, a president of football ops, an owner's involved, they're all looking to see, okay, who's the, who's the hot guys, who's the hot coordinators, who are the, you know, the, the retreads, um, you know, the guys that, you know, had head coaching jobs, have been successful in head coaching jobs, you know, Doug Peterson types that are out there. Um, so I think a lot of those guys are, are all getting interviewed uh, by each and every one of these uh, organizations that, that have openings. And, and I think also that the teams that have, you know, GM uh, jobs open, See, like the like the Giants and the Bears, you know, pretty much uh, status quo is is like you, you get the GM in place first because uh, he's going to be making most of the lion's share uh, of the decisions moving forward, and then he's um, you know I heard Peter talking earlier on the show, um, he's got probably a list 
of guys and guys that he has worked with in the past, um, has a relationship with, because we all know how important that GM head coach uh, relationship is. And, um, you know, we probably have heard, you know, through the grapevine what happened at Miami. It seems like, um, you know, Chris and, and B-Flow started maybe to butt heads uh, down there over whatever. The quarterback uh, could be a multitude of, of things, but that that relationship is, 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 is huge. And so I think part of that, um, Pat, you know, talking to guys and bringing guys in, it's going to be harder for teams that don't have the GM in place um, just as far as, you know, communication. Is this guy relatable? Is this guy I want to hang out with? Because on the day-to-day, it is, I mean, literally, you don't, you don't go a day without being around your GM. Okay, so let's let's expand on that a little bit because in a place that you know well, which is Jim Irsay's building, uh, obviously Chris came out today and he was talking about how we embarrassed our team, we embarrassed our owner, we embarrassed our city. They talked about you know wanting to have uh, a quarterback in place, but it doesn't always work out that way. The future of Carson has not been locked in by Chris nor Frank. Do you think there's a chance that Jim Irsay is like, hey, what the fuck? And do you think there's any way that maybe one side of that could be like, ah, we have seven pro bowlers, our roster and Chris looks at Frank like, hey, what the hell is going on down there? Because those two have been cemented together very well, it has appeared. Is there anything you think that could drive them apart? Just like natural, hey, our livelihoods depend upon each other? I don't I don't think so. You know Jim as, as well as I know Jim. Um, yeah, upset, uh, understatement, right? I mean, that was... Um, I mean, none of us, none of us saw that coming. But um, yeah, devastating, devastating loss because you know you start out the way they start out, and then you you make this push and and you're rolling and you win two huge games. You go to Arizona with absolutely nobody left on the roster and, and win there, um, and then you know the last two weeks of the season and culminating with the loss down in, in Jacksonville. You know, you know Jim. Uh, I know Jim. I you know he's pounding that fist you know, on top of that desk going, you know, what the F, what, how, how does this happen? You know, and, you know, you hear about the the conversations that they had post, post game, a two hour meeting, whatnot. I'm sure it extended, you know, way, way past that. Cause you're, you're going to get called in and you're going to, okay, where are we going? How does this happen? Number one. And then how do we avoid this, you know, moving forward, you know, and then they start going through uh, everything A to Z after, you know, um, probably take a few few days off a week maybe then get back in there and say okay what's the plan you know moving forward but I don't you know they both just signed you know five-year extensions uh, I believe at the beginning of this season or last season or whatnot so both have done a, a phenomenal job you got two really good football men in there you got uh, what seems to be a, a great relationship between a, a GM and, and a head coach you know, uh, which is obviously, again, very, very important to the success of that organization, that football team. Um, yeah, but, yeah, and that's the owner's, uh, that, that's his right, you know, is, is you know, you got to answer, you know, the tough questions. And, and I'm sure, you know, I know Jim um, very, very well, and I know there were some, some tough questions there, and, you know, there's going to be tough questions moving forward, in particular your quarterback situation. Yeah, speaking of that quarterback situation, they've come out, I'm sure – I guess my question for you would be when they, before they speak to the media and they both, so Chris Ballard, Frank Wright kind of had the same message about Carson Wentz and what his future may hold there in Indy. And sounds like, yeah, they don't really know, but they didn't give him a big stamp of approval. Like he will be back. 
is that something that the, they have to get together and talk about behind the scenes to make sure they're all like putting the same message out? And is Jim a part of that messaging, you think? Yeah, there was conversations, you know, well before. You know, it's hard for, for Frank because, you know, right after the game, you got to speak to the media and then you got to speak the next day and, you know, the hard knocks thing. So he's on, he's got to be on point, uh, you know. So they probably talked about, okay, if, if this does happen, here's, uh, you know, here's what we need to say. But head coach and the GM, uh, PR director, Conti, Paisan Conti, they're going to get together, Jim. Okay, and say, hey, look, this is what we need to say uh, about the uh, the quarterback situation um, and any other situation that may be coming to a head uh, and be one of the things in the offseason. Because you want to get in there and have, you know, your head coach say one thing. Yeah, you know, Carson's our quarterback moving forward. We're extremely pleased with where we're at. And then all of a sudden GM comes on and says, no, <laughs> that's not the case. You know, we'll, we'll see. So those two um, – you know, definitely, you know, you're on the same page. You want to send the same message out there. It was very clear when you listen to both of them talk, pretty much the same same answer. Hey, look, we're not going to get into a lot of things right now about this player or any other player. We've got a lot of work to do. We've got to dive into the film. You know, we got to dissect the entire, you know, season, go through our self-scout, all those kind of things. And uh, we'll be able to get back to you, you know, at, at a later time on, on a lot of this stuff. But they certainly uh, left the door open because you don't want to paint yourself in a corner either and say, hey, yeah, he is the dude, you know, because it may not be the case. You yeah, because if, be if Aaron Rodgers becomes available. Yeah. Well, I mean, who's going to roll the dice and say, you know, why, you know, it was mentioned earlier on there, why why are you going to leave, you know, Green Bay or, or if you're Chris Ballard or Frank Wright, say, okay, we're going to move on here and, and we're going to get, you know, Aaron Rodgers because we're going to hire – Whoever, we don't have a head coaching job open, but you can't roll the dice like that and say we're going to – you're not guaranteed Aaron Rodgers. You're not guaranteed Russell, you know, Wilson, uh, any of those, you know, potential free agents. And we all know, the, you know, the quarterback group coming out in this year's draft. Um, it, I guess the experts, all the pundits are saying is not very, very strong. But, you know, time – it's like the college recruiting. We name all these five stars, right, every year. This guy's five star. That's good. Let me see these guys, you know, get on the field and get two, three years into their career before we start. Hey, they're having full. Hey, Chuck, they're having full press conferences on ESPN. These kids. I I mean, it is like I know some of them are going to go on to be great or whatever. But I'm seeing some of these kids at press conferences. I'm like, God damn, how do you remain humble? How how are you supposed to remain humble at 18 years old? You have your own press conference on ESPN. You're picking up programs and throwing them. You're being told to do this type of stuff. you haven't made a fucking play yet, let alone anything like that in your it's a it's a wild thing. Because anybody a no, fourth I, rounder could be a stud. Corral, who got hurt, I believe he could end up being a guy and he could be a complete bust. Who can, knows? Can, Nobody can. knows shit about anybody. No, no, you and and with NIL and all the media attention that these guys are getting out, I don't know how these college coaches, you know, do it and you know, if you're at a, a program like, uh, you know, Bama and, and George and those things, they're they're going to keep getting those guys. And, you know, they tell those guys straight up, those guys want to be there. But, you know, they're going to say, look, you're going to have to come in here and work. We got nothing but five stars here. So don't come in here and think this, that and the other. So you got to be careful on what you tell these kids and what you promise these kids. But, yeah, managing, um, you know, the egos and, and, and keeping these kids humble, I mean, it's, it's extremely difficult. But it's an eye-opener, too. Once you get on campus, 
nobody gives a shit about that. Okay, it's like okay, you better run fast, you better block this mofo, you better catch this pass, you better cover this dude that runs you know four two and gets in and out of breaks. Otherwise, you know they'll be talking to you about you know medical red shirt and you know, trying to find a way to run you out of there. <laughs> so I think that's my favorite one of my favorite speeches you gave to the team. Uh, it was early when you were there, and you were talking about everybody here has ability, but you're going to be known as the guy who had a cup of coffee in the NFL, or are you a guy that was actually in the NFL? There's levels to this thing. It was one of your first like uh, kind of layout of how you view things and how you're going to be like coaching up and your expectations. It was a very real thing because do you want to be remembered as that press conference in high school, or do you want to be a guy that actually goes on and has success in the history of the game is, is a real thing, and I don't know how you find the balance. You just got to hope that the competitive stamina kind of kicks in and people keep going let's talk about the nfl in which you had success coaching in as well college coach and nfl coach super wild card weekend same game parlay holiday chuck what's the mindset of a coach going into this weekend knowing that it's win or go home knowing that the entire season will be remembered upon this game knowing that there's only one person that ends up with the fucking lombardi and everybody else doesn't how do you think the mindsets are going into these coaches and it does it vastly vary between like the basachas house money of the world and everybody else you think yeah some of those guys have the you know the pressure you know uh, weight of the world on their shoulders like if you're the you're the rams and you're mcveigh you know and you're matthew stafford and them um i, I guarantee you probably can't get a a needle uh with a tractor and chain out of matthew stafford's ass right <laughs> you know <laughs> you know just because of you know everything that's out there and and you know richie Pasacha, you know those guys are playing with house money. You know, they are, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders and, and they've got nothing to lose, you know, at this point. And, and, you know, all the walk-off home runs that they've, they've had, you know, this season, six of them game winner. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So um, yeah, they should go, Bengals should take care of business, but you got them uh, coming to town, you know, on a really short week, you know, they played, you know, on East Coast time, I mean, 12, 12.30, you know, whatever time it was for them. But And then to have a short week and then to have to travel tomorrow. Today's like a Friday for them. They're going to have a walk through tomorrow and then get on a plane and fly down to Cincinnati, uh, play on a short, short week. So, yeah, since he's got all those weapons, they got George Burrow. Everybody's talking about all these dudes and, and Jamar Chase uh, and Higgins and, 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 and company and Joe Mixon. But look out because Richie... Uh, there plenty of gobble ghoul going to be handed out at that team meeting. You know, yeah. we used to say, you know, let's give these guys a scoff. Give these guys a scoff right here. You know, and uh, yeah, so I'd be, I'd be, I'd be super nervous there, and um, really looking forward to, you know, like Big Ben coming out yes. and, and throwing all that out there. You know, about a hey, twenty. We stink. We suck. Nobody's picking us. Twenty. Can points. they win, Chuck? You, know, you think they can dogs, actually win? They just beat. They just beat the crap out of us. You know all that. Can stuff. they win? Yeah. That's what AJ wants to know. Do you think they can win? This is the playoffs, Pat. So you were just talking about it right before I started talking. Is this is it's one and done. So you know when we made the playoffs. I mean the energy level, the juice, the enthusiasm. I mean practice. I mean everything picks up. You don't have to necessarily do anything different, you know, schematically. Guys are going to have a wrinkle here and a wrinkle there, you know, uh, for each of these teams. Uh, but you are who you are. But the energy level, and, and it just takes, you know, 
like you always say, the play doesn't care who makes it. And there's going to be four That's or five it. plays in most of these ball games that are going to determine the outcome of these games. And, you know, a turnover, uh, you know, weather's going to play a, a huge factor in, in, in some of these games. So anything can happen. Yeah, I mean. T.J. Watt nobody, dancing. Nobody. Yeah. T.J. Watt gets a pick, Yeah. Who picked the, you know, down in Clown Town? All right, all right. You know, we don't need to bring out. Yeah. Hey, you know, We're talking playoff football. We're talking playoff football. We're talking playoff football. football. You know what I mean? So, I mean, guys are going to be inspired, and you're going to get everybody's A game. Everybody's A game. Because all the vets are telling, all the OGs are telling all the young dudes, okay, there is no going out. There's no video games. There's no nothing this week. Extra film, extra sleep, extra prehab, post, this, that, and the other. And everybody's going to give, you know, everybody uh, else their A game. And um, it's it's going to be exciting. And, you know, anything anything can happen in these ball games. Ty. Coach, when you look at Joe Judge in that situation, do you think a guy like that is going to get another opportunity to be a head coach somewhere? And also, like, for if the Giants do end up getting a first-time head coach, do you think guys look at kind of the dysfunction of their franchise and realize, like, oh, the last however many guys they've hired have been run out of town very, very soon after they were hired? Does that impact you guys at all, you think, going into that? Or is a first-time head coach going to take a job anywhere no matter what? Yeah, yeah, Ty, I think you, what you just said, you know, there's only 32 of them uh, in the world. Um, so, yeah, guys are going to go in and because um, the Giants are going to sell whoever uh, and whoever the new GM is, is going to be. They're going to sell a guy on, hey, this has got to change. We're going to do this. We're going to give you all the resources. We've got a, you know, a, a storied franchise here. Um, we've made some mistakes, you know. Mara's, you know, come out in, in front of the public and, and, you know, he's been very upfront and forthright about the mistakes that have been made. Uh, but no, you're going to you're going to take that job and and Joe, Joe will get another chance. He'll have an opportunity uh, to rebound um, and, you know, jump on a, a team coming up. He may take a year. He's a young guy, so he's probably not going to want to take a year off. He's going to try to do whatever he can to to go be a special teams coordinator again, um, you know, whether that's back. Uh, in New England or or anywhere else, you know, go go jump right back in it, and then you know have a chance to hopefully reflect, uh, you know, and sit back and say, okay, you know, this was this was good and this was not so good, and, and learn from uh, those mistakes. And and if he can look himself in the mirror and say, hey, yeah, I, I made some mistakes along the way, and I should have, you know, you know, been better at uh, you know ABC, and I can I can do you know. You know, not not do the things that I did. You know, late late in the season this year, and uh, all those kind of things. He's going to be able to look back. He's going to have plenty of time to look back on on all that stuff. And hopefully, again, he's a young guy. He got a great opportunity. Um, you know, a volatile, really really hard market. That takes a special special dude. You know, they always talk about Rex, and when Rex got the Jets job, I mean, Rex was perfect. You know, for that for that market, being the Jets head coach and going into New York and being able to handle those guys and and obviously having the success that he had early uh, really helped that. But he had the personality and uh, broad enough shoulders, as he liked to say, to handle anything. But 
hopefully he'll get another opportunity and learn from his mistakes. Okay, do you do you enjoy the fact that Joe Judge threw a fucking banger for the boys? You know, when they got fired, I saw like six, seven cases of Michelob Ultra coming into what? the house, some pizza coming into the house, a Bud Light, a little what? vodka, what? Oh, tequila. Had, uh, they were literally backing him up on dollies into the house for a little go away. Hey, I appreciate all your hard work over here, boys. Do you appreciate this? And is this normal when coaches get fired or have to move on? No, I think I think that's pretty cool. I wonder if the guys that had to run stadium steps and up downs and push ups went to the party. <laughs> <laughs> but that no, that's a that's a you know, I, I like that. And I, you know, sometimes you know things happen where hopefully you have an opportunity to get your crew together and and hopefully he he got his guys together we always tried to get together right you know before training camp um right as uh, otas ended pat we would we would ho- have a little golf outing and then a, a party at the house for for all the guys and get everybody together kind of the beginning of the season end of the uh you know otas and things but yeah that's pretty cool hey that golf outing you guys used to have you know those stories would make their way through the golf places okay you know through the building they used to really tear apart courses really i mean terrible fucking golfers (laughs) wow i mean tear that's what i've heard i heard just terrible golfing out there is that accurate chuck um pretty much yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) there's some guys you know like you know clyde who that's all he did right now when you have peyton and then you have andrew luck you can leave the office at 3, 3.30 and go golf, <laughs> you know, in the, in the spring. Uh, no, I'm just busting Clyde's you-know-what. But, no, it got it, it was good competition, a lot of booze. I was riding with um, Boyer one year, and, and we just teed off. We were on hole, hole number one out there at uh, – what's the one out GCI. By yeah. And uh, so we're, it's a scramble format, and – I think he's already, I don't know, He's. we've had a, a few pops before, and he goes to reach, you know, you're driving really fast, you go down to grab your ball in the fairway without nothing, right? So he goes like this, the wheel goes like this, and, and he's he's doing somersaults down number one. Whole one. <laughs> yeah. This is OTAs? These are the stories. They called Aaron, Aaron came out, Burrell looked, looked him over, put him in the tent, he was fine, finished the round. Yeah, so it was it was a lot of lot of fun. Those those things are awesome. I mean, the the damn job is so freaking hard playing and coaching a national football league. And so anytime you have an opportunity to get away from it all and bring the families together and 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 the wife because it's a time for all the wives to get together, all the boys to get together, and and yeah, and not worry about the 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 stress and and all that stuff that comes w- with that job it's it's pretty neat to be able to do that stuff. Brant Boyer was like a uh, special teamer for twelve years in the NFL when wedge busting was a thing. Oh, so I don't think any any fairway was going to take him out <laughs> on hole one. He's a legend. He's doing well, by the way. He's doing very well as his own special teams guy. I'm very happy for old Boyer. Very, very proud uh, of Branton because it, it was year after year after year because he was living in Salt Lake and we were together at the Browns and he, he talked about it. he was a, a great special teamer, but he also was very, very brilliant guy. He knew the game inside and out. So he, we were a 4-3 back then. So he was the backup Mike, the backup Will, backup Sam. So anybody got hurt, he could go in there with zero reps and go play and execute at a high, high level for us. And so he always talked about the coaching thing, but he needed a few years, you know, once he retired 
to really say, okay, yeah, I'm ready to do it. And, and fortunately, you know, when we got to Indy, you know, we had stayed in touch and, and, and saw each other in the summer times and hung out because coming in Boise, just being from Salt Lake, we were close. So uh, he decided, you know, to dip his toe in it with us at Indy and the rest is history. He did a great job, got an opportunity uh, with the Jets and has done a, a phenomenal job there and, and uh, continues to do that. AJ, massive head. Mass. We're talking... He would throw oh, yeah, I know. His, I know who you're talking about. I know. I don't know him personally, but I know of him. For yeah, sure. and he had some incredible confidence as well. We're talking. We're talking next level confidence. Huge, huge swag. He would in Cleveland. You could hear him and getting ready and getting dressed. You know, for the games, and he'd be like, he'd be putting his pads on. You know, you know, I've got some guys take just hours and hours. AJ, I don't know how long you took to get ready. You know, Pat, unless he was, you know, getting introduced, he could get ready in a heartbeat, you know, <laughs> and didn't need much warm-up and stuff. But Grant would come in that lock, and, and he'd put his pants on, and he'd be like, <laughs> this ass, these <laughs> get the tasers out. <laughs> They're going to be coming over the wall for me. And, and Bobby Monaco is our equipment guy in Cleveland. So you know how they put the jersey on the pads, right? And the yeah. jerseys are like 10 sizes too small, you know, so that nobody can grab and hold you and, and so tight fitting, right? So you put the jersey over the pads. So getting in those things is extremely difficult, right? You getting them off, guys, too. Yeah. you got to have somebody put two it on three man get job. off even harder, right? So equipment guy Bobby come over. So Brant would load up his arms all over with, with balm, with the uh, – with the, uh, with the hot icy icy stuff, and so Bobby Monica would come and start putting them on him, and Brant would have his head in between his arms, going, "No, a little bit more over here." A little bit over. And by the time Bobby, the guy, was done, he had bomb all over the back of his face would be bright red and be burning from the icy, the hot ice. It's classic Boyer. A lot of fun. Boyer was the man. I really enjoyed him as an assistant special teams coach. And talking to him about after his career ended, you know, he got a peek into what a lot of guys experience, right? Because the game has given so many guys so much. And if you're in the NFL and you play in the NFL, you've been good for a long time. And then at some point, the game either passes you by or somebody tells you that the game has passed you by. And it all ends very quickly. So there's a little bit of you feel jaded by the game and you feel jaded about the situation. I think he went out to Salt Lake. He was doing fishing. Like he was got he was doing he was guiding fly fishing tours out in the middle of like I think Salt. Am I wrong in that? I think like even like they would go out on horseback and shit. Like he was way out there, and then he went back to a game. A friend talked to him to go to a game, and I don't know if this is one hundred percent the way he would tell it or not. But this is the impression I got from talking to him. He went to a game for the first time in like a couple years, and he was in the stands. And when the national anthem played. He got like a tear in his eye, like he like missed like football, like he missed that moment being back. And I think that is what kind of led him back to the game. And I'd assume he is very grateful that you gave him an opportunity to come coach. And he has done nothing but to make the absolute most of it. I fucking love that dude. I mean, there is a guy that should be on a direct path to a CTE study, <laughs> being a wedge buster for like 10 years back whenever it was not. That's what football was. Just incredibly tough, incredibly cool. I'm happy he's having success. Go ahead, Tone. Coach. I was watching a NFL films. I believe it was like a mic'd up, and it was with Coach Richie. Um, why do you think that he is at, at just a foregone conclusion that he's not going to get the Raiders job? Because in these, it feels like the Raiders players 
love him. And isn't that half the battle? No question about it. And I think just because of that, it might go the other way. I mean, he's done a phenomenal job in some crazy, crazy, uh, to say the least, circumstances. Um, after all that they've been through, uh, you know, with John and then with, with Henry, uh, you know, and keeping that team together, uh, making the playoffs, there's no reason um, that Mark Davis uh, shouldn't seriously, seriously consider, you know, elevating him to full time uh, as the head football coach there in Las Vegas. Again, he, he's done a he's done a great job, and and like you said, Tone, uh, the locker room uh, believes in him. They trust him. He's an he's a really good football guy, but he's he's authentic. He's real. He's honest. He's going to tell the players, you know, uh, the truth. You know, a lot of these guys want to hear, you know, you know, not what the truth is, but they want, you know, you to say things to them, you know, yeah. what they want to hear, but you got to tell them what the truth is. I didn't say that very good. Nah, <laughs> that's the truth, though. You just told us the truth. Retired, that you yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Not af- he's not afraid to tell those guys that. And, and he's not going to belittle them. You know, he's not going to uh, demean them and degrade them and things like that. He's going he's gonna to coach them. And uh, tell them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. That's that's what I was looking for right there. Okay. So you nailed it. We'll um, clip it. We'll no, clip he, def- it. he definitely. Uh, again, you don't. There's speculation on May. Hey, is Mayock going to be around? If Mark Davis feels like because he's in Vegas, um, he's got to go make one of these splash hires. That could backfire in a heartbeat. And a lot of times that happens because you know these guys think, hey, we got to win the press conference. We got to go get. You know, this dude, this name, you know, uh, Jim Harbaugh, who was there, right? Jim Harbaugh would be one of those guys. He's been in the National Football League. He, he took the 39ers, you know, to the Super Bowl. So he would be one of those guys if that's what Mark Davis wants to do. But you got a chance with a, with a good football team and a good roster and looks to be a really good uh, staff out there to keep that continuity to keep that in place because you can change that whole thing and you can set yourself back another two, three years. Yeah, and Chuck, we win the press conference every time you come Mm -hmm. on and we're very lucky for it. Uh, We can't thank you enough for joining us on this beautiful Thursday. Happy to see you survive the mountains. Can't wait to chat with you next week after this holiday. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Chuck McConnell. Thank you, Coach From the world of inside the National Basketball Association. Senior NBA insider for Stadium and The Athletic. But not for long. Mm -mm. An upcoming free agent in this business world that is booming. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Sharon. Hey, we're pumped for you, dude. I am so happy for you. Carpe diem, go do your thing. I hope you understand your worth and your leverage right now. My man, Pat, I appreciate it. I might have to hire you as my agent, though, so just be ready. I might have to give you that call. So. I just want to let you know I'm doing interviews with Bloomberg yeah. now, you know. I'm doing Bloomberg <laughs> interviews now. CFO Phil's going to be quoted in Bloomberg. Wow. wow. I mean, Look at you. Look at you, Pat. Well, I don't know how he's going to depict me, to be honest with you. I mean, there's a chance. Anytime somebody else is telling your story, especially from a world that you didn't even know existed. Like, I didn't even know Bloomberg existed. I learned a lot about it. 
What a place. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, oh, actually, yeah. they actually have at business on Twitter. So they've been around a long time. Damn. They're not in my silo, though, so I did not learn about it. I did learn about it. This guy could ruin me, could do all that stuff. But it's great to chat business with you because you are about to become a very hot commodity. And I want to let you know that we are very thankful for all the things you do for our show. Every time you come on here, you break news that rattles all of Twitter. And uh, we're very appreciative, and we can't wish you enough luck, pal. But listen, I, you know me. I'm locked in right now. Tunnel Vision. I mean, th- just the two companies I'm at now, Stadium, The Athletic. I'm happy that I'm with them. They're hungry. And I think we're only going to keep growing. The New York Times acquisition, obviously, to me, it's it's only up from here. I think it's only going to make the entire brand better. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited, Pat. But this is a busy time of year right now. There's not much time for me to focus on anything beyond just just my, my day-to-day work. So okay, well, you should give it a thought. You should give it a thought or two. Okay, we're all busy, <laughs> but you should give it a thought or two at some point. We're all incredibly proud of you, happy for you. We'll watch along. Appreciate and I'll probably you, do a little snooping behind the scenes to break your news, Ooh, too. Oh. I mean, we'll try to give that a go. Um, let's dive into basketball world right now. Uh, saw last night Nets and Bulls, number one in the East versus number two in the East. Kyrie Irving was back. I believe the Nets got a win, but the Bulls looked incredible. Were you were there from what I heard? Kyrie Irving being back, not only for away games also home games i guess because there's like a fine that they're paying to the city so he can play as well is there an exemption now for kyrie irving and is this happening for all athletes in new york as we go into the playoff run here yeah so you know kyrie irving can right now only play road games so that i don't anticipate changing in the next day or two and there's been a lot of talk about the nets possibly paying a fine to the city to allow kyrie irving to play home games and just take the violation of the law fine but I'm told that is not really an option because the NBA did send out a memo to all the teams uh, several months ago in September that basically said if the local law says that you can't play, um, if you're not eligible to play due to local laws, the player or the team can't just not abide by it. So as much as the Nets, I think, would love to possibly try to finagle their way in getting Kyrie Irving back on the floor, I don't see that as far as paying the fine as a viable option. Now, what I could see is two other, you know, two routes to seeing Kyrie Irving get back on the floor. And I think one is either the mandate in New York City being lifted and somehow either whether that that aspect of having two shots for an entertainer or athlete like Kyrie Irving, for that aspect to be lifted and letting him play. Uh, because, again, he is a New Jersey resident who uh, who wants to play basketball. And there are, you know, we saw Antonio Brown show up courtside to Barclays Center a couple of times last week. And I don't know about AB's back status. All I did was read, you know, Ian Rappaport and others put out there that he had, I guess, a fake card and, and then maybe he got vaccinated later. So I don't know the full story on that one. But, I mean, it's just interesting the rules that are, that are I guess, maybe bended, maybe, maybe making it more viable for other entertainers. But for Kyrie Irving, obviously, there is a blockage. So either the mandate gets lifted or Kyrie Irving gets vaccinated. I think those are right now the only two pathways to him being on the floor in home games this season. Uh, But, yeah, I was at the game last night, and clearly the Nets, we haven't yet seen this group together, you know, with these three guys. This is their third game this season with Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving all playing in a game. And so far they're 2-1 and with those three guys. I think it'll only get better and the chemistry will only increase. But – They've got to be on the floor, and that starts with hopefully eventually for the Nets, uh, Kyrie Irving being able to play home games. Shams, are you surprised at all at how Kyrie is able to get back into it right away and seem to, to not miss a beat? And also, yeah, like you mentioned, how like cohesive they seem to be too. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think a part of me is surprised that he's logging so many minutes. I mean, we're seeing him play 25, 30, 35 minutes or whatever it is. Like, he's doing that consistently. And so already three games in, I thought they were going to have a minutes limit because, again, he hasn't played organized NBA basketball. So in that way, I'm surprised. But as far as his level of sharpness, I'm not because, you know, he's been doing two-a-days. He's been working out with with, with people, you know, whatever, whatever his training staff is. And he's been staying uh, – very active in the gym. Uh, so he was doing two days at one point in his hiatus from the team. And so he looks sharp. You can see his jumpers fluid as, as long as he keeps getting his rhythm. It's only going to get better. And I think Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, they still need to find their rhythm and how they play because James Harden's coming from a, you know, in Houston, he was able to really dictate the offense on a play-by-play basis where as now in Brooklyn, he has Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to share that responsibility. James Harden averaging 28 points over the last eight games, I do believe was a stat that I heard he's getting hot. If Kyrie Irving, who was running two days, is all the way back, Mm -hmm. this is just like the Packers getting back all their players from the playoffs. The Nets might be poised to go on a run. And is the mayor or the mandate lifter uh, a fan of the Knicks or a fan of the Nets? I mean, that is going to come into play there. There there was some chatter that him and and Joe Psy, you know, have have a relationship and that they're they're close. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're City Hall, I've, I've talked to City Hall on several occasions since September, since training camp started, because this became a bigger than basketball issue, right? This became a city issue. And the message I've got from from them is, at least prior, is that if we're going to lift this mandate, we can't just lift it for one athlete. We can't just lift it because of Kyrie Irving, as much as the borough of Brooklyn would probably give Eric Adams all of their vote if they did this. Um, I, I don't think they would just lift it for Kyrie Irving. Now, could they lift it for all entertainers, all athletes? I think that is an avenue that they got to pursue. Can't wait to hear it. Go ahead, Ty. Shams, any update on Zion? I know he's been kind of off. and then uh, we Not doing two days? <laughs> yeah, not doing two days, apparently. We see his Duke teammates reuniting uh-huh. for the Knicks. Is, are, we, are we thinking maybe Zion eventually there, or are they also worried that a lot of cheap slices of pizza in New York? So all I don't know geez. if that's a good lay What's that all about, Shams? <laughs> What's that no, all we, about? we don't need all that, guys. We no. Don't need all- no, we do not, Ty. No, what is don't. that all about? Hey, oh, listen. Fair I, question. I want to see the guy play, okay? Oh, we I want to see the guy fucking play. Clown friendly program, though, so I know it comes from a really, it does? really deep right. and, and family friendly place yes. oh, in, yeah. in Ty's heart. But, it's not no, I mean, ill intended. It's not ill intended. No, it's not. It's despicable, and you shouldn't say it. Well, but it's also true. A lot of good cheap pizza joints in New York. Oh, it's so good, too. That's true, too, though. You can get it for a dollar. You can get a slice of pizza for like a dollar. Good pizza. Yeah. For a dog. Think yeah. how much yeah, pizza yeah. Like, Zion could get with all really, really big <laughs> slices of pizza, like just full, like it's a full dinner. How many, he could, how many slices he could hold in his hand? It's so big, too. Well, yeah. we, listen, this is anybody, not just Zion, but we are saying there is distractions in potentially every place. But we saw the move of the Knicks uh, reuniting some Duke players. What is going on with Zion? Is he playing? Is he on the move? Is he trying to get traded at this point? What is the deal down there? And why have we not seen fucking Zion play basketball, Shams? Because that foot fracture that he has just is not healthy i mean that's the bottom line they felt that that foot fracture was going to be much more further along than it is right now he was the hope was that he would start the season uh in the lineup on opening night and so that was all the way back in october we're now in january almost in february and there's not a return to play timetable zion Williamson is away from the team he's in portland uh rehabbing that fractured foot so as as painful it is you guys know I don't think that that return is coming anytime soon. But, you know, everyone I speak to around the Pelicans, they still want Zion to play this year. I think the expectation still is around Zion and the Pelicans that hopefully he makes his return 
Um, because at the end of the day, he's got a max extension possibly looming this offseason. The team and Zion will want to see, listen, how do we feel about each other? How do we feel this will work? How does this team look with Zion healthy in the lineup? Because I think last time I checked in the standings, they were really a game, two games, three games out of a playing spot. So they're not that far off. They need Zion Williamson. They might be playing for a playoff berth the way Brandon Ingram is playing if Zion Williamson was healthy. So that's the part to me that I think is to be determined. But listen, every day that he misses, it makes it, it's got to make it a little less unlikely. So is, is it, it a bone thing, a ligament thing in his foot? Don't they just tape it up and the bone heals itself? Right? It, it, sure. Yeah, it, 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 it's a bone. And he's had different processes that they thought would speed up. He had an injection at one point that they thought within four to six weeks weeks would allow him to to ramp back up and be able to move pain free that injection obviously did not work because then they ended up shutting him down uh you know indefinitely i just want to see zion i just want to see i just want to see zion play dude and i think it all started what when that fucking shoe blew out that's right yeah is that when this whole thing started make that argument and when what yeah what first picked up a nice spoonful of gumbo all right. Yeah. Do you have a basketball question? I do have a basketball question. Please, all right. Shams, first of all, uh, Peter Schrager called you Shams, and he told you to stay in your lane. He just wanted you to know that. Uh, but also, Who would we be if we didn't tell you that? Exactly. Right. We have to, hey, fair. I'll take it. Start I'll take fair. it. Uh, it was it was coming from a good spot, but he said whenever you dabbled in the NFL uh, draft pick breaking news, he said eh, we all know Shams. Okay, we're not allowed to Shams. Sorry, he said we all know we're not allowed to do it. Although he respects your work, and then yeah. he called you Shams. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the insider waters are like. Especially Watch out for that guy. Yeah, yeah just keep an eye. Yeah. Keep an eye on Shams. I got no ill feelings toward anyone. So. Well, okay. you do though. You, you have to it. hate people, I'd assume. And wait till you get into the off season here for this free agency. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear about all the love, Shams. I love that. Go ahead. Yeah, water's bloody. But uh, Shams, are the Warriors going to win now that Clay Thompson is back? That return was sweet, and it sure feels like that's team of destiny. I'm go- I'm going to see them tomorrow, so I'll give you my full opinion. Hopefully, next week or the next time I'm on. But I, I think that as long as Clay Thompson is healthy, it's obvious that this team is poised to possibly make a run of the finals. I mean, I look in the Western Conference. I see really a few teams. The Lakers just don't look like that championship favorite or even championship contender as it stands right now. We'll see once Anthony Davis gets back. But I thought they were going to be more in the picture. They're not. So really you're looking at Golden State. You're looking at Utah. You're looking at Phoenix. Maybe the Clippers. Maybe not. But those three teams right now look to me. You know, Denver could also be a player of Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Somehow find their way to coming back this year. I do think there's a hope that Jamal Murray can play at some point this year, maybe the final 15, 20 games this year. So if Jamal Murray's back in the lineup, that changes things for Denver as well. So I think there's a handful of of possible championship favorites, and Golden State clearly is head and shoulders above all. And, guys, they're still hoping to get uh, James Wiseman back closer to February. the all-star break and maybe after that. So if if, if James Wiseman is back, that's just another weapon, uh, over seven-footer. Uh, athletic young guy, so this team is only improving, I think, as the year goes on. Hey, uh, Shams, quick follow up here. I saw John ja Morant utilize a trampoline the other day on the court. Is that just in Memphis, or is he the most explosive athlete to ever exist? And how is that Memphis team? Do they stink? Because we could get Jaw, Zion, and everybody in New York, and we get them on TV a little bit more. We see Jaw jump over backboards. Ooh. We see Zion take off from foul lines at 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. We see these boys really put on a show in New York. Is Memphis a squad or what? They're, I mean, they're real. I mean, they're they're competing for home court advantage. Like everyone's Let's eyes go, are on Memphis. Right now, go. the league 
when Memphis comes to town. And that's a lot because it's John Morant, like you said. I mean, listen, to me, it's it, it's obvious that that they are, um, you know, the, you know, it, it's it's clear that. Uh, sorry, just got this stuck. Whoa, 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 Zion's back. Nothing urgent. Yeah, you're saying Zion back. Zion back. Even make a trade. You know, they have. You know, there's there are a couple assets. Kyle Anderson. They have a first round pick. There are a few players out there in the trade market. Jeremy Grant. Like, we'll see if they end up being active because they do have the assets to do so. I think their GM Zach Clyman's done a good job just bringing in the you know first round picks and young young talent to that team. So if they want to make a big move, they can. But right now they're going from within. And John Morant looks like the most. I mean, he's got to be the most you know versatile as far as athlete guys since maybe Derrick Rose. I mean, the way he uh, leaps on the floor, that reminds me a lot of the way Derrick Rose used to leap in Chicago. Yeah, it was awesome to see. And that Chicago yeah, team seems to be all yeah. the way back. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Good squad. Hey, DeMar DeRozan out there playing a little basketball. The and more Zach, he plays, the more he looks better. Hey, know? and Zach's flying around. I saw, I didn't know that dude's still doing that. I saw him take an alley-oop finger roll from, like, the middle of the paint, and then the next time down came in. Boy, I was like, is that Caruso? I thought it was Caruso, <laughs> our guy who smokes <laughs> gas, dude. Caruso smokes gas. Stinky. Remember that through that airport. <laughs> I, I, my respect for Caruso grew immensely that day. Uh, but that Bulls team might be real. Yeah. The Bulls team feels real. No, the, the, the Bulls are real. Now the question is, are they going to be, you know, the, the first year when a team gets put together and they're making a playoff run, the last time, I mean, I can't, Oklahoma City maybe, maybe Golden State where you saw that immediate playoff success, maybe getting to the final conference finals. I think this team can get to the conference finals, but can they beat the Nets? You know, we saw what the Nets did last night. They're just a lot more experienced. They've, they they've all been to NBA finals games. Kyrie, they've won NBA sure. finals. Uh, Kyrie Irving in Cleveland, Kevin Durant in Golden State. Uh, they've been they've been there, done that. So can the Bulls get away from, you know, the, the norm, which is that young teams need time to develop. They're clearly a threat to get, get to the conference finals. My question is when you play a team – like the Nets, can you really get past that three? I think it's going to come down to can you really get by Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden in a seven-game series? I I don't know if there's a team in the East that can do that. Well, I'm excited to watch. Hey, that's the NBA, that's the association. That's, that's right. We're excited right. about. Go ahead, son. Shams in my house down here in America. I like watching basketball with fans in the stands. When are the, when are we going to get the Raptors down to Buffalo or somewhere so I could watch a Raptors game with fans in stands with a great environment? I mean, oh, with yeah. a great atmosphere. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm somewhat surprised that again every every uh, every market's different. So every local ordinance is going to be different, and Toronto is is buckling down. Uh, the end of this month so as of right now no fans in toronto but are they, just, I think the well, are they better humans than everybody season. else up there are they no. smarter than everybody we've no. seen some stuff from trudeau we know they're not better humans whoa, whoa, whoa. Up i don't want to dive into whoa, that whole whoa, thing whoa, but how come whoa, there's whoa, an invisible line we're connected yeah what happens how what i i guess you would know you call city hall and shit yeah. i don't get it it's all local ordinance pat like it's it's even in the nba like in boston in massachusetts like that local athletes have uh, an exemption. Uh, That's to, right. You know there there are vaccine Let mandates the there, boys but play. we're going to play have We care. An exemption. City, there's just not the same case. San Francisco, not the same case. So these these are all based on local ordinance and local markets. They care about people more than everybody else. We know. What were you going to add on to Nick Shams? What's Devin Booker's problem? Oh yeah, he has no idea. Listen, Devin Booker. I think I think he realized in the moment that maybe uh, he, he should have. Maybe let that go. I don't know. But he felt a certain way. Respect that. 
But I think he really leaned into it the next day where you saw him change the profile picture. So, I, listen, I, I love Devin Booker's game. I think the way that he plays, that he's he wants to compete. He wants to win. So, listen, I, I have no problem with what he did. And I think he leaned in, into it in the next day, putting the Raptor uh, mascot as, as his profile picture. Yeah, and I'm okay with wanting to smack the mascot right in the mouth, too. Uh-huh. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, hey, sometimes, you know, maybe that's just how we got to handle said things. Yeah. AJ, you got any final basketball questions here for Shams? I want to know, Shams, who's the, the best coach in the NBA right now? Oh, shit. AJ? Ooh, that's, a, that's a tough one. I mean, I'll just I'll go with, you know, I think Billy Donovan, you've got to give him his love this year. I don't think people thought that this group would just mesh as quickly as they did. Monty Williams in Phoenix, the way he's able to – there's there's always going to be things that go on around the league, but he's able to keep his team focused, prepared at all times. Quinn Snyder in Utah uh, has always done an excellent job. Tom Thibodeau, obviously, in New York. So uh, that's probably off the top of my head right now. So you're saying, another shot. you're saying Frank stinks. Whoa. Frank who? Frank Vogel? Oh, Frank who? Oh, who? Who are you talking about? Who are we talking about? I don't know. Talking about former Pacer great coach Frank Vogel. Okay, guy who I actually like Frank and and uh, you know he, the way that he like Pat. I don't even remember when he was coaching the Pacers and they were playing the Bulls. I remember being you know fan here in Chicago back oh, yeah. then and the way like how confident he was and the confidence he projected. Like I remember looking and watching him on TV. I'm like, yo, this guy. This guy just has, he just does not give it. Like he is saying whatever. Hey, like, don't ruin I your free agency. Don't ruin your so, free agency. Body mouth. Don't let <laughs> fuck slip out. Coach Frank Vogel, I got nothing negative to say on Frank. I'm happy he won a championship down there in the bubble. People can say whatever they want, but it still counts as a ring in LeBron's history, so it's going to count as a ring in Frank's history. Frank was awesome, though. I saw him in a couple local charity golf tournaments. He was just like cool guy, like super cool guy. When he went out to L.A., I was super pumped for him, but you got to win in the city of stars. That's, That's what right, you got to yeah. do. He knows it. Um, there was a couple tweets that Zito wanted to uh, chit-chat about. Oh, yeah. oh Foxy oh, actually yeah. wanted to ask about this. Uh, lunchtime. <laughs> Two's time to have lunch. One, three to one in the corridor and two. Time to have lunch. Two more periods till lunch. Just had lunch. Hmm. This is Hashtag awesome. lunchtime. <laughs> lunchtime. 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 Hashtag lunchtime. One, three and one in the corridor. Two is time to have some lunch. Lunch in ten minutes. Loving That's my iPhone for Life's wow. good. Just had lunch. <laughs> man. <laughs> Two more periods until lunch. Lunch was awesome, huh? You fucking loved it. <laughs> I loved lunch. What? I mean, what's wrong with that? Twenty ten. I don't see I anything like wrong with that. It's just back then that was my breaking news for everyone. Is I'm about to have lunch, guys. So you know, take, take that for what it was. So that's high school. I love lunch. Was that high yeah, school? How old were you? Uh, twenty ten. I was in middle. Uh, yeah, high school. Yeah. Uh, Sophomore, junior of high hey, school. It could be a lot worse, Shams. I'd, I'd be okay with that if I was you. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving people an update about my lunch status. And like, yeah. What was I thinking? But I'll take it. There are some I'll other tweets coming from high schoolers you're saying, AJ, I think, is what you're mm-hmm. talking about. I'm we- saying most, yeah. High schoolers in my generation should not have had Twitter, and it's a good thing they didn't. Oh, Ohio. <laughs> this yeah. is Ohio, obviously. <laughs> anyone's brain, anyone's 15-year-old brain doesn't really have a whole lot of great things to Shams, say. Did you have, be there when you're 30. Did you have periods of lunch? Was it numerous lunches or one? lunch no it was it was usually periods yeah yeah I did usually, you guys have like days like genre days we had uh block scheduling oh uh, yeah. we had mexican pizza day we had mexican pizza day which was nachos I'm, cheese mexican pizzas that was wednesday and i'll tell you what people were putting out tweets if they were able yeah, to yeah. about mexican <laughs> oh, pizza yeah. day on wednesdays is that what you guys had 
Yeah, Mexican. You got burgers on some days. Ooh, you get shit. pasta on other days. Foot so long. It, 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 was, it was a mix. It was a mix at all times. But I'm glad that I was able Foot to dog tell dog. the yeah. world about my love for lunch. So. Well, we're appreciative that you're still doing the breaking news game. At one time, it was just your lunch. Now it's everything happening around the association in the world. Shams, we appreciate you so much. Can't wait to chat with you next week, which I think is what you told us you're available for, which I'm pumped about. Uh, senior NBA insider for The Athletic and Stadium. But, hold on, but, we don't know what the future holds. It needs so hard work, and we'll figure it out as it comes. Ladies and gentlemen, Shams Sharani. Thank you, Shams. Hey! Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes today. Hashtag end the pod squad. Ty's still giving away merch to people that tweet that, where they're at, where they're from. We're looking to get on the road, by the way. So we can't wait to hopefully see you in person in the near future. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for a feel-good Friday that should be electrifying. Be a friend, tell a friend, enjoy the hell out of tonight. And remember, same game, holiday. It's just hours away. Let's enjoy it. Cheers. 